In association with the Omniverse Comics Guide, this is the Cave of Solitude, your pop culture and comic book podcast coming to you from all over the world. I'm your host, Eric Anthony, and this is episode 308. Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to the show. Before we begin episode uh, 308, I just wanted to do a little housekeeping before it begins. This is uh, this episode is mine and Adam Chapman's annual baseball game episode. So there's a, a lot of crowd interaction. Very, I'm using different mics this time to give it a, a test run to see how it works uh, recording live uh, in different locations. But anyways, why I'm saying all of that is because it was a historic evening. It was a packed crowd at the Rogers Center here in Toronto because the New York Yankees were in town and there was a player on their team, Aaron Judge, who was trying to make some history and and tie a a very well-known baseball record. So all of those things are featured in our very uh, lengthy and fun and and just feel-good conversation of the evening. We talk about everything. So, you know, of course, this is a comic book podcast and we were both comic book podcasters, so lots of that is there. But... It's a smorgasbord of conversation, so enjoy the show. It is a marathon one, but it is a good one. And I just wanted to, to thank Adam Chapman for always uh, annually bringing me to a baseball game around just before playoffs begin. It's always a good time, so thank you to him and his wife for uh, always sharing that with me. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Enjoy the show. Our, I think this is our fifth, sixth? I'm not sure. I've lost count now. Comic shenanigans, Cave of Solitude, baseball game. It's kind of like the Avengers and X-Men playing baseball, right? It's always that that annual issue. It's good. Good stuff. Enjoy the show, everybody. And boom, Adam Chapman. It isn't 616, but we're at the Blue Jays, Yankees, historic possibly game. Our annual, our, our annual Blue Jays game. That's historic, yes. Which is this year five? Uh 18, 19, 20 we did it at my house. Yeah, your house. Twenty one we went. Yeah, so I guess it is. Five years strong. That's, That's a cool tradition. That is a good little tradition there. I guess we've but we've known each other six years now. Look at that. All through podcasting. Yeah, all out of podcasting. We're in grade one now. <laughs> this this friendship is in grade one. Woohoo! It's pretty good. A lot of a lot of lasting friendships usually can start from that era of your life, right? That's true. You don't forget those kids. Um, it is interesting. I, if I actually had to think about long-standing or like you know friendships I've had that have started relatively later in life, I don't have that many that I can kind of point to. Besides like meeting my wife and like that circle that I was introduced at that point. Besides that, you're probably it, man. Your newest like friend. Pardon me? Like your newest actual friend. I think so. That's cool. That makes me happy because when I think of the podcast, like listening to yours, it being an inspiration to me, and then doing stuff like this or just like podcasting together, it's like that's why we did it. Yeah. It was for stuff like that. That's true. I never would have thought that would have happened. No. When you first reached out, I was like, oh my God, someone else listens? It's weird, right? Although, I mean, it's funny because, like, I knew I had a couple people listening at that point. But, like, there's just something to it, right? Yeah. And the fact that you were local in Toronto and, like, that was exciting. 
Oh, it was very exciting. It, I think it was the Alex Saviuk episode that you did where you had mentioned that... I am so upset about that to this it? day. That's one of my regrets about my podcast. Why? Because he never came back. And I kept trying to get him to come back and he just didn't respond and he just kind of ghosted. And I knew uh, he had things going on at that time. I like the in-health things and like things were going on. Right. At, at some point, I just kind of stopped trying. And it just kind of went on. So like, I think that was like probably what, seven years ago or something stupid. But like, we only got up to like 1986. Yeah, he I don't was, think he was even the pen store on Web of Spider-Man yet. Not, uh, not even close. Not even close. Yeah, and he so, had like, you didn't ask a question. I was like, "How you doing?" I remember that was one of the episodes you did where you just started. You said something, and then he yeah. went. Those were fun. They Those are fun. Great. You don't want every episode to be like that. Um, you know, I, I think with someone like Saviak, which is interesting, I I didn't have a strong like I need to talk about this. Like, I liked him in general and was interested to hear his story, but I didn't have, like, an overarching, like, I mu- you must tell me about this book. Yes. Um, which, so <clears throat> if that Excuse had me. been true, it would have been harder to, you know, be in something where it's a runaway train and trying to get it back on track because I want to talk about this thing. A lot of, there's going to be a lot, of, a lot of sad noises today at the game. Yeah. Well, for, listen, we didn't mention, we, you didn't want to talk about it, but it's a potentially historic game. Potentially. Because uh, a record might be tied or broken. So that's cool. You're sure. a big baseball fan, right? I am a big baseball fan. It, but I don't like the Yankees. I know, but... The Yankees are Yankees. fine when they're losing. I love it when they're losing. <laughs> well, here's the thing. I, this is true. If the Yankees were in last place, I have an affinity for lovable losers. So, like, I loved the Cubs for a long time. And then they won the World Series. I'm like, the sheen is off a rose. Like... Uh, same thing, I mean, like, I don't really like the Red Sox, but like when they weren't winning and they were like, you know, a perennial third, fourth place, you know, uh, I liked them more. When right. they became winners, I liked them less. Um, I love the, the Orioles right now. Such a huge fan. And my wife's like, you're not allowed to like them because if they, if they screw us out of a playoff spot, I'm like, fine. I want them to get into the playoffs, but not at the expense of us. She's like, fine. I guess that's okay. And I don't mind the Yankees. I've said that before. Oh, we know that. Yeah. You really but, thought you were going to bring a Yankees hat and a Yankees jersey today? No, I thought about it. I have a fake Yankees jersey. Yeah, don't worry. Like I don't no. have a real one. I have a fake one, but it has Chapman on the back. There's a role as Chapman. Well, here's the thing. If if uh, I'm at home and I'm going to a baseball game to watch the Blue Jays, okay. even if it's a team I like or a player I like, I'm not going to come here and be like, poop, who on the... I'm a Jays fan, too, at the end of the day. Okay. I'm always a homer. I mean, how many times have we podcasted and on the screen you're wearing a Yankees hat? No, no. Oh, on the screen at home. But I, I always wear a Yankee hat almost like on a, for more of a fashionable thing. Okay. You're more influenced by Jay-Z than Aaron Judge. Possibly. Okay. Quite possibly. I you mean, got for me. you, that actually makes sense. Yes. That is for a, a lot of people, that would be like, ah, oh, you don't really care about Jay-Z, but you actually would. So. I would, yeah. And it's, it is a... It's one of those things I would, a hat that I would wear more representative of like the yep. cultural, hip, like the hip hop thing. I thought of you yesterday. Um, Tell me. I was playing a video game with my son. Was, I'm really sorry. I'm stuffing my face with popcorn, Cracker Jacks. We're at a baseball game. I'm sorry. I mean, it's literally Cracker Jacks. I don't know if we can get a louder food to be doing on, on uh, I was going to say on camera, uh, on mic. So I was playing, was uh, it WWE Battlegrounds or whatever? It's like the wrestling battlegrounds, but it's for like PS4 or whatever. So I've never really played it. It was a free game. So Zach and I were playing it. 
And I don't know what it is, but I was so bad at this game. And he was destroying me. He's a nine-year-old kid. He's never played this game before. And we're both like, you know, button mashing and stuff. And I and I legit lost my cool with a nine-year-old. I'm like, I don't even want to fucking play. This no. game's stupid. And he's like, what's wrong? And I'm like, you won't even let me get up. I can't even get up. Like, the minute I get up, you already, I'm already back down. Like, I can't even. And, and then I had to sit down with him afterwards and went, Zach, I'm sorry. That was an uncool way to act when you play with someone. If I, you know, if you acted that way, I would be upset with you. So you're allowed to be upset with your dad because that was not cool. He's like, it's okay, dad. I'm sorry. I'm like, don't be sorry. You're good at the game. I am not. Yeah. You know? that's, a, that's a good lesson. Why? Well, yeah, but I was. You want to take out your camera? No. Come it's on. Not happen. It could happen while we podcast. There's, there's a runner at first and second. They're gonna walk him over and let him hit it. You think so? Well, first of all, as we've learned from the first inning of this guy, he's going to walk you anyway because he's not very good with the strike zone. Okay. Gotcha. So that was my story about, anyways, I thought of you because I know you're a wrestling guy and they have like some old school names that I kind of almost recognized. Right. And I'm like, Eric would know what was going on. You know, he might actually be playing with Eric because Eric would be like, oh, you know this guy? He knows this move and this guy does this. And I'm just like, I don't know, let's pick that guy. Some of them are women, some of them are like you can do the women on women or guys on guys. And I have no idea who these people are. I, I barely knew who Nikki Bella was. I'm like, all right, I kind of know that name. I know who that is. I'll be honest. I'm I'm pretty, I have no idea for a lot of wrestling of the modern last stuff? modern stuff. I've, I'm there are some old at, ones that I'm pretty sure you'd know. Oh, there it is. Oh. Okay. We got it. Yeah. Not a home run. Okay, good. Every time he's going to hit something, you're going to clench up a little bit. Yeah, man. You know, this is the moment. You know, people ask, 20 years from now, where was I at that moment? I will say, I was barely watching the game, but I was podcasting. <laughs> I was stuffing my face with Cracker Jacks. Absolutely. The hardest Cracker Jacks to get into that I've ever seen. Right? They're like, like Fort Knox. Like, they were worried about you opening this. I, this was the hardest, one of the hardest packages of... Theater food, candy, yeah. whatever it was, theme park. We both we had a lady beside us asked if we needed help. Yeah, it was embarrassing. I felt like a child. You even just handed it to me. I just like I can't. I, I give up, man. Well, here's the thing, because usually I'd be like, all right, I'm gonna give up on the on the pulling the you know pulling the strip off, and I'll just pull it open, right? But because there's no real seal, I was like, if I pull on this, it's going to explode. Oh yeah. And I'm just gonna look like an even bigger idiot. So you know what? I'd rather look like the guy who has to hand it to my buddy. Like, Can you open it? <laughs> I was going to hand it to you. So we were both going to Rather look than like being stooges. the child who sprays everyone in the area with Cracker Jack popcorn. So I think I this was the lesser of two evils. The worst thing I've ever done when I was in an audience was my stepfather made me laugh during uh, while we were waiting for the movie to begin. And I had great... Uh, no, orange soda in my mouth and I oh, wow. and I spit I did a spit take two girls in front of me like drenched really how old I were you it was we were going to watch I think the mummy or the okay. mummy 2 so it's maybe like 99 this was two around 2000 so I was like 16 okay so enough that you would have been mortified yeah I was mortified but I was laughing so hard that I couldn't even be like I'm yeah. so sorry like so I was more like I'm so I sorry I also had a bad situation in the theater with an orange pop yeah, but I was too young to be embarrassed. 
because I was still like a child. Right, right. Um, where I think like my, my mom had gotten us drinks and like popcorn and then like I knocked over the drink and made a huge mess. No, I'm not catching that. Yeah! So uh, my mom puts down the orange drink. I kick it by accident. This, and this is the old theaters, old school theaters, back when like I would have been like probably seven or so. Anyways, the woman in front of us had like a white purse on the ground. Aww. Lifts it up. Her, I don't even remember this. I just know the story so well because my mom has told it because I'm embarrassing. And it's just dripping orange out of this out of this purse. And my mom is just mortified. Like I will kill you, you dumb child. Oh, that's rough. Hey, Josh Donaldson. Haven't seen him in a while. No, it's been a while. What's I mean, he like these days? I mean, I saw him a few minutes ago where you were in the washroom buying impossible to open Cracker Jacks. Sorry about that. <laughs> so do you have any specific comic book thoughts today? I think usually you come like, you know, a grab bag of things you want to know. No, not really. Nothing. You know, let it ride. Just let it ride. Yeah. It's like Adam Chapman, you better have something to go. Um, you you know what you haven't been podcasting your usual schedule you're you're out of the the thing of it now I'm out of the loop you're out of the loop so I was like let him host the podcast you know I do wonder there are days where I wonder about bringing it back but I'm like no I think I'm still good but like it is weird like for example this Friday is National Reconciliation Truth and Reconciliation Day in Canada right okay so um, because of Indigenous you know, trying to make amends that kind of thing so it's a day off. For federal day off. It's a bank holiday. So most people are working. My son is going to school. My wife is going to daycare. Sorry, my wife is not going to daycare. My wife is going to work or stay, working from home. My daughter's going to daycare. My son's going to school. I'm the only one who's off. And usually, when those days would happen, that's when I would be scheduling the harder to find podcast guests who can only record during the day. Ah. Most notably, like Dan Jurgens. <laughs> Dan Jurgens only records during the day. I don't do that nighttime stuff. All right. So, I have this day off coming, and I'm like, I got no interviews planned. What's going on? And I'm like, oh, I don't have a podcast anymore. It's a very weird feeling. Dan Jurgens is in Minnesota, right? Is he? I have no idea. I think so. Are you stalking Dan Jurgens? No. I know that he's a native of Minnesota. Okay. Yeah, remember, you remember, with Americans, whoever you're a native of, it really doesn't matter. No. Like in Canada, people don't move as much. In the U.S., people move like crazy. It's true. I think that's the one kind of cool thing about the United States is that the idea of moving state to state is a little more plausible than what it seems like to move province to province. Because it's just a completely different way of life. You know, it's funny because it feels like it should be harder and worse. Because, like, medical insurance, that kind of stuff, but... Whereas, like with us, you know, that, generally speaking, I, if I go to BC, I'm still dealing with healthcare. That, that many issues. It's true, but even the idea of traveling in Canada seems to be so much more of a to do. You know, more people who have gone other places than yeah. lately. I think with COVID and the pandemic, people. Decided to see their own country a little more, which is nice. Because you're, you're, you gained an appreciation through other people's experiences as well. If the amount of Canadians was like 10, 20 times more, or 10 times more, so that means 300 of us, or 400 billion of us, 
You know what I've realized? Like, I don't know about you, but from a person who's done a lot of podcasts, when you've listened to the scripted ones or the ones that sound very planned, after a while, no matter how good it sounds, it kind of is irritating. Oh yeah. As opposed to ones where do you listen to many of the scripted ones though? No, not anymore. No? Not anymore. I don't listen to many comic book podcasts that much. Well, just might because be just the comic books, but anyway. You know which ones I was enjoying? It was these ones about like um, secret societies or cults, or so it was more like a true true crime sort of way of telling it. So it was narrative as opposed to conversational. So it was definitely scripted, yeah, but more in the in the in the form of a narrative, the necessary narrative. Because you're not interviewing anybody, or you're not trying to hold a conversation about specific things. You're just covering a story, right? So it's more like listening to a documentary. So I did enjoy that, but have you listened to anything like that? Those type of... I don't like it. I listen, that's not true. I listen to some of the um, ESPN, the 30 on 30 kind of ones. Yeah. I listened to a couple of those podcasts, and they were really good. I don't like. I, I typically like interviews with people. Um, yeah, I like interviews a lot. I think if I was look at the broad spectrum of the uh, podcasts I listen to, a lot of them are interview podcasts. Yeah, and I think the the thing. I don't know if podcasts fall into social media or not, but if it does, it's the one aspect of social media that I feel is really really cool because it it allows people to really get their thoughts out in real time, hear people's tone of voice when they speak, see somewhat of their quirks, their nuances, mm-hmm. get a little bit more of the, the full personality of people, yeah. right? And when the less scripted they are, the more real they are, where people do swear, people have a dog barking in the background, those little imperfections, I think, can connect people a little bit better than things like Facebook or Instagram, where it's very edited and like, People bring back what they type, or they just type everything too much and they send, like, you twit. I don't know. Does that make sense? Because in conversation, when you when you want to, you can be like, you know what? I don't know if I mean that. I take that back. Last time I said this, ah, I changed my mind. Yeah. Because you, you get to kind of know the person's personality. That's true. Yeah. I like that about podcasting. It's an interesting medium. There's something inherently intimate. Yeah, someone being in your ears because a lot of people do listen to it with earbuds on, or you know, like like how many times, how often do you listen to podcasts without it being right in your ear? Like how often is it just like on a regular speaker? The only time is when I watch a podcast with my wife on like Spotify or YouTube. Yeah, because there's times where it's like those are cool people, like comedians yeah. all hanging together. Like I want to watch it. Yeah, you know. So sometimes it's an interactive thing, but sure. for me. The majority is always in my ears because I'm not one of those people who are like, you do video because you do video. I'm like, but I do a podcast. I've thought about that actually recently about kind of grabbing old interviews of mine and just 
putting up a, like on YouTube and just having like just my background just being like commentator. It's like I don't need to put anything else. Because let's be honest, I have no skills, so I really couldn't do anything else. Maybe that's what I'll do this uh, this, this Truth or Reconciliation Day that I'm off. You know, because like I looked into it, like I have I actually have two YouTube accounts. One of them just happened to be connected to like my comic shenanigans at gmail.com, which is my you know my my email for the for the podcast. So I could just go and create a channel there, and it's already like it's pretty easy from what I've seen. You just kind of add audio files to it. And so I couldn't really I could do that. I, I didn't feel the need before. And now that I'm not creating new content, part of me is like, why not? You should. Because you, you have stuff. See what happens. You have interviews that I think people haven't heard about or, or heard from certain people for a long time. Like, I don't know if it would work, right? But, like, it, it would work. Realistically, I should be spending my time on the book, I'm trying to create the book. That's really what I should be spending time on. Uh, my book of interviews. That's really what I should be putting my time into. But, I also just, I don't know. So I'm going to turn around with, with YouTube because I have. Even if I just look at the interviews and that's the stuff that people want, how many episodes, how many interviews do I do? Like 200? Like, like that's a ton of content that I could, I could put up one a week for like four years. Yeah, why not? Especially some really good ones that you like. Yeah. You don't have to put a thousand of them up. Nope. Just put the ones that you feel like, hey, this is cool. Yeah. Or guess what? This guy unfortunately has passed. Yeah. You know, I have a bunch of those, right? You have a couple of those too. Oh, what's his name? Justin Ponzer, Brian Augustine. That's just off the top. I had three people who sadly have passed away. Did you? I didn't, I didn't you didn't have Tim Sale, did you? No. Too big. He's a huge name. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I also, as someone who's talked with Roger Stern twice, and wait a bunch of times, like, it's funny, they're like, oh, well, that person's too big. I know what you mean, though. There's certain guys who occupy that space a little differently. For their own comfort, which I understand. Part of me wishes I had done, and I didn't do it, and I still could do this, is um, email or message uh, Kurt Busick and be like, hey, you know you don't want to do an interview. That's fine. Can I just send you a series of questions, and I will dramatize it into my podcast, and I will have someone just do your voice. Like, you don't have to. You're scripted. We're basically, like, that would basically be a scripted podcast. I will script my questions for you, you can script every answer you want, exactly <laughs> word perfect, and I will get someone to read it. Why do, do you want to be Kurt Busiek for a day? Why do you think we talk about him so much? Because I, I talk about him a lot with you, and I talk about him a lot with uh, Dave. And I, I'm not sure if it's like that's the era that our podcast or, or like our comic fandom is kind of well, stuck in. More me and you, I think. What year were you born? 84. Okay. So in 97... Is when Heroes Return started. But I never read it. Doesn't matter. It, 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 something about it just feels like it has this, 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 I don't know, this, like, do you like all Kurt music? Or is it just Avengers, Thunderbolts, uh, Kingdom Come, not Kingdom Come, that's Mark Wayne, uh, Marvels? Like, what is it about, what music and Thunderbolts? Like, what is music to you? Or is he something else? Is he Astro City? Is he other projects like what is he doing? this is what i thought about yesterday because i'm reading thunderbolts right now okay where are you issue 26 27 i love the book but it gets better when new siesta comes on yeah i love i've i've loved it but it's a lot 
Is Archangel there yet? It's this issue. Where he's on the cover and he's yes. like, is he going to join the team? And they're like, That's the issue. Not. That's the issue I'm at. Okay. So I put it down for a little bit because I needed to prepare for some other podcasts. Sure. And Why was it a lot? It's a lot because you find yourself spending a lot of time when you're reading a Busick book, which I like because it feels like the, the comics I enjoy. Like you said, there's a certain like, yeah. it's painted with a, a thing, a brush of nostalgia that I'll always go back to like, this seems right. Well, because it feels like what comics were when you started reading comics, even if it wasn't necessarily that comic. And I also feel like it's the bridge between... Oh, very modern era. A very modern, very modern era to the very classic. It's like that yeah. stepping stone. It's funny because like to me, I still think of it as the best modern Avengers run, even though it's like, you know, 25 years old. But it, it feels timeless to me in a way that New Avengers by Bendis doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't live it's weird. It, it, I loved New Avengers when it started. It was fantastic. I was in, on bated breath. But when I really look back on it, I'm like, I don't think I get the same level of enjoyment of rereading this. Yeah, I feel like that for Scott Snyder Batman. Same thing. Yeah. Well, Scott Snyder's Batman. I think you guys, oof. I think you guys talked about this. Um, you and Dave before, where I think everything up to death of the family is really good, and then everything after that is chasing a high that it can never catch. Yeah, and it tries to me. I will give him a lot of credit for taking giant swings with his Batman work. Yeah, Mr. Bloom, the whole Bat Bunny era, like that's that's a weird, those are weird swings. But you know what? He tried something different and new, and maybe it didn't work, but he tried it. And he didn't. He didn't just rest on his laurels. He could have done Court of Owls Part Seven, you know, and just kept going back to that. But he did. He tried something different. I didn't care for it. I didn't. I mean, I didn't like the Mr. Bloom stuff. I actually didn't mind some of the Gordon stuff as Batman, even though it doesn't make any sense. Like suddenly he was a younger man and like able to do stuff that he could never do. Yeah. And it wasn't like. Gordon started the new 52 as a young man. Yeah. He was old school Gordon. And then suddenly he wasn't. And he was Batman? It's it's what? funny. It's funny. Like, looking back, I know we jumped from Busick to New 52 while we're at the Blue Jay game. But the New 52 has a lot of highlights that weren't as noticeable because of Batman. Batman took the, the like, the air out of the room to the point that some of the other good bat books never really got to breathe and they had like potential you could see stuff we're like that's kind so, of cool let's let's read through the lines here you're talking about batman and robin never getting the love it deserves Batman and robin batgirl batwoman i love that girl yeah, it was good i actually i i love that the burnside era exists but i recognize that that wasn't for me no so i left but like, I love the Gil Simone stuff. I thought it was great. Yeah, I have the omnibus. I read it. It's good. The, the parts that kind of ruin it is when it has to accommodate Snyder's Batman. Yeah. It's like, can you just let this book be? No. Like, I, I do miss... Um, I do miss her just being Oracle. And I, that sounds like I'm denigrating. Like, it's not just as Oracle. Oracle is a no. thing for so many people. And it does make me sad that she's not... Well, they, they, they took something that was kind of a, it was a shocking comic, the killing joke moment where Barbara Gordon gets you know, shot by the Joker. We all know the story, but to stick with it, I thought like that, I like that. 
not that they that they hurt her or they but it was like something horrible happened. Ostrander and Yale would not let it lie. This is too good a character to be left on the shelf because of this book. So let's let's save her. Let's yeah. make her an oracle. Like that's all John Ostrander and Kim Yale. And if it wasn't for them, we wouldn't have modern Barbara Yeah, Gordon. like the and, and the character they make her and what she means to the Bat family and then Birds of Prey and then just the DC universe. So let me ask you a question. Awesome. Who do you think did more or has done more to advance the cause of Barbara Gordon? Do you think it's Gail Simone, Chuck Dixon, or do you think it's uh, Ostrander and Yale? Like, obviously, they are instrumental at the beginning, but do you think that, like, who's really done more for who that character was? Pre New 52. Let's be, let's be honest. Uh, sorry, that's the bag of Cracker Jack. Cracker Crackle. Sorry. Uh, you know what? I've only read mostly the Gail Simone influence. Okay. In the Birds of Prey, and, it, and it's not a you huge have those slice. Editions? I do. There's like three of them. Three or four. Three. Of them. I love the first one. Yeah, I liked it. I liked it quite a bit. I like the art more than the story, but like the story's good. It's fun. It's light. Um, I've never read a lot. I've, I know I read it at some point. The original Birds of Prey stuff. I did read it. I don't remember it all, but I know it was good. And and this is the thing with like Oracle. Seeing her in so many different places throughout the DC universe also was like I didn't I wasn't paying attention to who was writing who what yeah. or who like which writer had influenced this character that, like that yet but when I would see her in a book I was always happy and impressed with the character she became yeah. and it impressed upon you this is an important character yeah. in fact she was more important to the DC universe after she was hurt she was told like that girl was never a huge character. Secondary, it's at best. At best, right? So when you see her, she around much. She becomes very much more of a person. Oh, she yeah. carves out her own. Well, there's certain periods, right? Where if you go back and read those bat books, you know his first call is always the Oracle. Yeah, you know, it's like Oracle, what you got? Like it was just that was literally his woman in the chair. <laughs> well, when you play the video games yeah. that came out, she was his sidekick. Yeah. You know, he was, you always would get, you realize she's, she might be, she might not be Batgirl, but maybe she's better like this. Yeah. Because she, she made herself extremely you know, just, they couldn't do it without her. They would have someone try to attack her and she had her sticks. Yeah. I don't know if she actually had the same sticks as Nightwing, but she did have like weapons always on her. So you could never mess with her. Just because she was in the chair, she could still take you out. Yeah. Exactly. So, by the way, so we're three innings into this game. Jays have no hits. They're losing 3 nothing. Quite, uh, quite a less than exciting game. We're going to win. This is a slow start, Chapman. Slow start, okay. And we're going to see history. I'm sure of it. Stop it. I don't want to see the home run. Okay, so I was asking this question about Busick. Going back to Busick again. Yes. I was thinking about what to read next because I was like, okay, I spend a lot of time in this Thunderbolts world just because it's so densely written. There's a lot of subplot. Yeah. Um, when the event and there's a lot of crossover for a while, you get a quite a number, and they're and they're big. 
like giant-sized issues, the Citizen V, Captain America. So there's like interruptions in the main narrative in the book. So like, what do I mean next? I'm like, no, I got that Astro City Metro book. I'm like, oh, I can't record music again. <laughs> then I was thinking like, no, maybe I want to read an Iron Man. I'm like, oh, I can't do that Iron Man omnibus. Like, it, that's what I was thinking of, the Sean Chen and Herbuse. I'm like, that era. He did. He was really writing a lot of stuff, even if it wasn't so Thunderbolt, Iron Man, and occasionally stepping stepping in for Captain America. Scripting like didn't he do like a fill in or two when it wasn't when Mark Raid didn't want to put his name on the issue? Did I don't think that, that was like an editor. Okay. That's the point though, he wasn't doing everything. And then, outside of that, he was doing Astro City during that time. Yep. And I'm like, man, this guy really had his hands on a little bit of everything. Like, that's a run. That's quite a run oh, yeah. for a guy to have. And all of those things to be rather celebrated. Like, maybe the Iron Man is the least mentioned, but... They're so sad. They're so good. Yeah, I liked it. That's, like, that's my Iron Man. It's my favorite one of the character ever. And I've read a lot of Iron Man. That's my favorite. It was a sweet spot era. That, that late night. But a lot of people didn't read it because a lot of people were out of comics. Yeah. Or they gave up on Marvel because only a year earlier their books were garbage. I think for me... Sorry, that's not fair. They weren't all garbage. They were varying quality and some of them weren't great. Because I, I don't think that's fair. Because I came of age loving comics in a period that most people would say absolutely sucked. Yeah. And I would take umbrage at that if someone was like, oh, that 90s stuff that's all garbage. I would say, well, I like a lot of that stuff. So Yeah, I, but you can also be fair enough to say, I know it's great. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. You like it. It doesn't matter if it has to be great. Like, people hate Chuck Austin, but I remember the, the God story that he did with Superman. And at the time, I liked it. I remember reading it. I'm like, this is fun. Superman's got a bit of an attitude. Why is he talking like that? <laughs> and now I read it back. I'm like, oh, that guy wrote it. <laughs> and it's not because it's like, it made me for a second be like, is this, a, is this any good? It's like, no, you like it. If you did, like did it, you like it. Did you ever give Edgeworld a, a shot? Did you read it? No, I did not. It's really good. I give it a shot. I don't have to tell you. I, don't, I was so bummed. This is so stupid. This is just vanity. On the digital version, comic shenanigans is blurbs because I wrote them a blurb because they, they asked me to write something for the trade. So I wrote it and I gave it to them. It's on, and it's on the digital version. It would appear to not be on the physical version. And I'm like, oh man. So you're saying I should get the physical version instead of the digital? Why? Because you don't want to see my beautiful name? There was a time. So I wrote I wrote comic reviews for like six years, from 2004 to like 2010. So there are a lot of old hardcovers that have my name on, which is cool. Very cool. I told you about the one that I'm most embarrassed by, the Ultimatum. Yes. Because I have glowing things to say about the art. <laughs> I hate that book. And they said, thank you, love it. The whole world thanks Adam no. Chapman. I you, All I'm, your credibility out I, the window. I can't remember what year it was. It must have been like 2012 or 11. I was, in, I was at Universal Studios Islands of Adventure. And I saw a tattered 
version of the Mythos, the hardcover of all those one-shots that they did. And I love those books. So I was looking at it, I'm like, oh man, this is awesome. So I was looking at it, and I was I was reading the blurb, I'm like, oh, yeah, that is true. Left out of the name, it's mine. So I was agreeing with myself. It's like what I was telling you before, that sometimes I forget when I say I'm podcast, and I'll listen to myself back like it's a different person on sped up speed. And I'm like, oh yeah, I do agree with that. Well, of course I do, it's me. Um, it was just funny because I had no idea. So I go up to the guy. I'm like, is there any way you give me a break on the price? He's like, no. I'm like, it's all booked now. Like, you can't give me some kind of discount because it's so beautiful. He's like, no. I'm like, what about with my names on it? Because I, I reviewed this book. I don't he's even like, know why you asked to buy it. Your name is on it. You should have just walked out with it. <laughs> and he's like, no, nah, that can't be you. And I'm like, oh, yeah, look at my idea. He's like, is that you? I'm like, yeah. He's You're like, such a dweeb. I still can't give you a discount. <laughs> why do you think he would believe it was you just because you had the same name? Because you wanted the book, probably. Yeah, well, because it's not like it's a bit, uh, the most common name. Like, how many people named Adam Chapman would like this Mythos book? That's true. Right? That's true. Like, what are the chances that anyone's going to look at a random name, blurb on it, and be like, hey, come on, I was the guy who wrote this review. I mean, Chapman is kind of a common I know, but that's name. a weird flex in general. Like, do you think someone's It is a weird flex in general. A weird flex for it to not be true. It's such a weird thing to say that it couldn't possibly be a lie. <laughs> what if my name is on it? <laughs> He's like, come on, my name's on it. Can I get an extra discount? My wife was with me. She laughed. She just, funny. just for that, I'd be like, get out of here. And he, no, the, guy was, the guy thought it was cool. Oh, my God. Uh, That's actually okay. Ground rule double. At least it's only two bases that we gave up. Yeah. What's the score now? Still 3 nothing. No hits. If it feels worse, it's because we haven't hit the ball. Yeah. Successfully. We've hit it to people. So, oh, what happened? Is it recording? Are you still recording? I think so. Yeah, we're still recording. Um, so, what are you going to do after Thunderbolts? Because the right answer yeah. is to continue Thunderbolts. Don't stop. No, I need Don't a break. Until you have enough. You got it up. <laughs> No, I want to. I want to change uh, some of the stuff I'm reading. Okay. Because I've been. I did JSA. But can I say one more thing? Yes. Of course you can. If you're gonna leave can Thunderbolts stop alone you? for a while, <laughs> you should at least go to issue fifty. It's a beautiful jumping off point. Yeah, but that's a lot of Thunderbolts to read. It's a whole other omnibus. Yeah. No, I'm not gonna. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it and is. I need. I need just. I want to do like a month it's of a small like, omnibus. No. Like a real omnibus is like forty something. This one is. Not the first one's not that long. The first one's up to 33, but it has a lot of extra issues. Not that many, actually. <laughs> it's like a 40-issue 40, a 40, uh, omnibus. It's like over 1,000 pages. I guess. Okay. And then the next one, I think, goes up to issue 63, plus all of the extra yeah, miniseries. I'm really curious got. about the mapping on that and why they decided it. I actually I own it, and I don't think I've read it um, up to that point. I do want to reread it all, because it's one of my favorite books of all time. Yeah, so, it's... It's a lot of fun. There's so many things that. So for, what you need to do as the like as a, um, a palate cleanser from music, you just gotta read something from like the late 2000s. Like what? I have no idea, but it, late 2000s. Yes, mm. it's, it's a different era. Uh, the issues generally are gonna fly by faster. They're not gonna feel like as much of a. I mean this in a nice way, but sometimes it can feel like Slug. a chord. Or yeah, yeah, oh yeah. A lot of text. It's good text, but it's still a lot of text. It's a lot. Like, I can get through six issues of Bendis somewhere I can get through one of these six. Yeah. Now, that's saying a lot about both artists. 
or writers, I should say. Yeah. But uh, I would rather read the music and get that full experience as something that's kind of light on calories. Yes. I'm trying to think, what should you read again? Is it all about rereading or things you haven't read? Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna actually change direction. Okay. And and like in October, I'm gonna maybe read like Sandman or uh, Lock and Key. I have the Lock and Key compendium okay. that I want to try to get it. So something just a little different out of the genre. Yeah. What compendiums do you? Have? Not many. I have Fables, all four. Have you finished it? No, no, no. I might try those. There you I, go. That's dense, though. That's dense, too. Like, I want to kind of get through, because I'm also at the same time that I'm reading these dense uh, comic series. Mind you, I did do a, a run-through, as you'll hear in the next episode, that I'm going to release. Okay. And this is, like, timey-wimey now. Okay. The next episode that will be the one before this one. <laughs> We're okay. gonna do a. We're gonna hear what we talked about. Okay. And it's gonna be some of the things that I read. Okay. So I'm not gonna spoil it now. But I did get my fix on a superhero series that does everything I like, but is much more of that decompressed, stretched out, yeah, sort of movie cinematic way of telling a story. Okay. But yeah, I was. I did the the Captain America from James and Mateus. I did a prep for that. So it was like. It was a lot of that era, bright yeah. colors and heavy dialogue. Have you gone back and reread the Marshall Rogers stuff that we're going to be doing soon? Not yet. That's on the list, though. But those are six issues, right? So those you can fit in. I um, I have, I do have a weird issue when I get to anything at DC of that period. I find that I want, I just want to read it on the original newsprint because it feels too fake, like too bright. Like, yeah, like it just always feels like the gradients are slightly off. That's what I. That's what I liked about, strangely enough, like the Teen Titans omnibus would be something that I would want because I like George Perez and I like that yeah. sort of. I like that type of comic. Even though I complain about a lot of words, I'm like, oh, so much to read. Like it excites me because you know you're going to get a lot of story for yeah. a dollar. However, I like those Teen Titan trades that have that sort of newsprint feel to them. Yeah. Just the texture. It just feels more authentic to what was originally put out there. Right? Yeah. So I, I do sometimes appreciate that sort of texture. But when you're right, when they do an old older book from the seventies or something like that and it has that real sheen thick paper, it feels weird because even the way it's reprinted on the page, it doesn't look like it was meant for that. Mm. Well, you're right. Um, I remember having a lot of problems with all the Neil Adams stuff. Yeah. It was just, the colors just never felt right. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it is It is true. Somebody actually today on the way here, they sent me a text. Nice play. Nice, right. play. nice play. Nice play. Oh, yeah. That was Judge. I almost missed history. I wasn't paying attention. Um, I almost missed history. I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> I didn't realize it was Judge. Um, somebody actually, shout out to Reed Reads on Instagram, who does a, a comic book uh, review page, which is really, really good. He's got oh, yeah? some graphics added to it. He's, he goes through like a complete run. Like, oh, that's he just cool. Recently did the Nick Spencer Spider Man stuff and went through every like trade. He did that like, on purpose? Yeah. Because he had never read it before. Poor guy. <laughs> did you like it? 
Uh, parts of it, yes. He did. I think up until... I think there were portions after the last hunt. Was it? Yeah. I forgot what the, the name of that story was. Uh, the Hunted. The Hunted. Uh, sorry, speaking of something completely different, did you read J.M. DeMatteis' recent Ben Rally story? No, not yet. Really good. I, I, I plan to read it. He's actually going to be coming back to the show in, oh, yeah? next week. Yep. Next oh, week next week? Good. Next wow. week. Because he's, he's launching a, a Kickstarter. His, his whole... So I'm really gonna, excited. It's not launching until October, right? Yeah. So I'm really pumped. I'm gonna, I think I might get them all. Yeah. He's uh, and he seems pretty excited about it too. So we wanted to do an episode and talk do, about it. He's doing the podcast circuit, so he's been on a bunch of podcasts lately. And I could just listen to him talk forever, right? Like this is one of those guys. It's interesting because Mark Wade's probably one of them too. Yeah. But it's so different. But like, yeah. if I can hear them just talk about comics for like an hour and a half every day, I'd, I'd be happy because. I, I want to talk to Mark Wade. I just want to talk to him about Superman. That's it. You don't want to talk to him? No, Superman? I just want to talk to him about Superman. Oh, he loves Superman. That's why. No, I, I, I want to. If and I he's had him. Superman right now. Is he? I didn't know that. That's Superman Batman book. That's cool. Very cool. I haven't been reading anything recent, Chapman. I don't know what's going on. Reach out to Mark Wade. I, I want to make it. I've, I've tried, but I know that it's a little... I don't do Twitter. I can't tweet. I'm not a good tweeter. He's, he's on Facebook, too. I, I, I've, I think I've That's tried. I got him before. Facebook? Okay, okay, I'll do it again. I'll do it again. He's, yeah, uh, he's, I, just, I would just want to talk to him for an episode about characters. Not so much a specific run, but just character. Because he's one of those guys who I feel has so much love. Like, he's a bigger fan than we are. And you, you trust his attempt at whenever he's going to take on a book. He, you're you're going to trust that he's going to give it respect, even if he's going to do it different, right? Yeah, no, 100%. And I love uh, that about him. Uh, un unrelated, but um, Judd Winnick is a creator I enjoy quite a lot. Ooh, she went back and read Under the Hood again. Yeah, that's great. I love it. That's a great book. Um, One of my favorite. We should do that for a book club. I would do that in a heartbeat. That's a really solid book. You know what? We should do it, but just invite him on the show. Yeah, we're, we're gonna break down this. You know, we're gonna break down uh, under the hood. But you're you're gonna talk to him the whole time. You're not gonna let him <laughs> say anything to him because you. But I've already talked to him about it before. But you've never talked to him. I know, but if it's gonna be a book of the month club with Chapman, there you're gonna, you're gonna. Sorry, Eric. Foul. Okay. You know you won't be able to help yourself because you love Judd Winnick. I really do. Anyway, and I like your episodes with him, by the way. They when, are very good. Uh, when the next High Low book comes out, I, I think I'm just going to email him and be like, hey, I don't have a podcast anymore. Can I just chat with you about this book yeah. that I really like? Like, I understand if you're too busy, but like, I'm, you know, I'm a big fan and I just would love to chat with you. About Why don't you, if you wanted to, podcast with him and just put it on Cave of Solitude? Just put it on yours? Yeah. Just a stealth episode? No, it would just be like, yeah. why not? You could you could uh, do an interview. I could post it. That's true. Like, why couldn't you do that? That's a good point. If at some point, like a person like Judd Winnick that you enjoy talking to, I do. that you have rapport with, like, yeah. do it. True. One, one guy I never, I, I don't know how to... The DC guys always feel like they're insulated, like they're harder to get at. Like they don't have the same presence, it's harder to get through. If you do get through, they say go through DC, and the DC doesn't care unless you're huge. So it's really like a labyrinth of getting into them. Yeah. But I would have loved to talk to Peter Tomasi. 
Yeah. Because he's like, I don't know, what, I don't even know what he sounds like. Has he ever done a podcast? I think so. But but I don't think he does many because when I when I uh, met him in Toronto, I think I had asked, and he was kind of like, nah, I don't do them. I love the content because he's done so much amazing stuff. He is such an underrated writer. I feel like guys such as him and Demetrius, who are respected, they but they're often like. Not, it's not second tier. They're they're top tier, but they'll take a, a back seat and and tell a heartfelt story instead of worrying about how much sales it gets. Yeah, they're gonna give you the heart of the story that will last long. Like I can't think of something that Gle- that uh, Tomasi has written. I say Gleason because he always works the back. Yeah, yeah. But I can't think of anything that he ever wrote that I didn't like. It was almost as good. Yeah, well, that's why I tried to. I made that comparison to the, the Falco and, and uh, friends with him and Gleason. It's just a pairing where there's a consistency in storytelling. You know what you're getting, and it's, it's, it's easy to take it for granted. Yes, it's always there. It's always there, and it isn't. It isn't the um, the big name sales darling that the other book is trying to be. Yeah. Excuse me. It's more the slow burn, not slow burn story, but character driven. So I need you to get Tomasi on your show just so I can hear what he sounds like. <laughs> I would love to talk to him. Oh, that'd be great. Pat Gleason, I'd love to talk to. Yeah. He's yeah. Really interesting. You know, I I also feel like a lot of the creators, like my, my favorite career, like I was never a DC fan growing up. I only really became aware of a lot of DC stuff in like 2002 or three. Like my... My adjoining roommate in uh, university was a DC guy. I was a Marvel guy. We got along, not to worry. His name was literally Ben Riley. Uh, That's hilarious. I'm like, well, I got to be friends with you. Um, but we would chat. And that's like when I first became a fan of, of DC and actually started reading DC books. So like my favorite DC period is like 2003 to like 2010. And I love so many of those creators. And I would love to pick all their brains about what was going on. That's why, like, that's why I was so excited when I got uh, Dan DiDio to do my show. Because I still don't know how we should guess. I, I, he gave me his email address, but his writing was really bad. Oh, yeah? And so I've tried to email him, and I don't think I got the right address. Just, just Facebook him. I did. Do it again. And yeah, again. I, I don't know why some people ghost you in life. But I know it's weird, right? Leonard Kirk was my ghost. Was he? Oh yeah, I didn't buy an original art off him. Man, that sucks. And it's so weird because, like, sometimes there's people who I've had on the show, and uh, it happens. It happens. I've had a number of them. Like we've had some communications, and then just nothing ever happens, and they just kind of lose track, and they, no one responds. And I guess. I've had a bunch of those. I used to have a, like a spreadsheet uh, trying to keep track of people I'd messaged and stuff. I, and, that, and that would suck. Um, there was a bunch that that happened to. There's some where like, I'd love to have them back just because just they're so interesting. Like um, Devin Grayson. Like, I had had one or two really nice chats with her. And at the first time, she was like, I really wasn't sure. But it was really enjoyable. But I, I, I was never able to get her back. She's like, I don't really have anything new. I'm like, I don't care. No one cares. Yeah. You talk about anything you want to talk about. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of these people where it's like, 
sometimes talking to the person who wrote this makes you say, I'll try that now because I've, I've actually gotten a taste of who they are. And they've, you, 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 it shouldn't be that the person's personality comes through completely. Yeah. But you also know, like, I'm in the mood for a, a mind melter. Yeah. So yeah. I'm going to go to this writer because oh, sure. that's what he does. I'm in the mood for like just a noir, a good, yeah. so you go to this person. And you start to kind of see their personality, their taste. Mm -hmm. But I'm so bummed with Devin Grayson because, not nothing against her, I love her work. Um, but because DC was doing the reprinting of all the Nightwing run. Yeah. And then they had um, another volume, the first of the Devin uh, Grayson volumes, called Super Cop. It was solicited. And then it was just canceled and never, it's never coming out. Why? It's on Amazon. It's coming out in 2079. So I'm hoping I live that long. <laughs> um, but That's uh, when my uh, DC 1 million will come. Me too. <laughs> but I was so bummed because I, I wanted that run to be on my shelf. Because her run on the character is amazing. Like, have you read the end of her run? No. Um, her run on Daredevil, oh, I called him Daredevil. Her run on Nightwing was brilliant. Uh, Pat Zerker was the artist uh, near the end of it. And there's this whole arc they do. Oh, um, with Blockbuster, you know Blockbuster, Lowen does in the big yeah, 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 yeah. Anyways, it was a tremendous arc with him, and something happens, and there's this other supporting character who's been brought into the book, and it's an extremely emotional. And like, I just reread it. I actually tweeted about it, and I tweeted at Devin and, and Pat, being like, "This is like still." I reread this randomly. It's so good. Thank you for making this book. And they both liked it. And, what, and Pat actually said, like, this is one of the, one of the, up to this point, this is one of the, my favorite things I've worked on. Like, I'm, I'm so good. Thank you for liking it. Which was nice to have that level of engagement, obviously, with someone and be able to say how much you like something. Um, but it's, I reread it and it's like, man, is it good. It was very controversial at the time. Why? Um, how do I put this? Uh, a female character known as Tarantula basically rapes Dick Grayson, like forces him to have sex with her while he's in the middle of an emotional and mental breakdown that he can't even breathe and because something traumatic has happened to him that he thinks he's failed Batman and his entire upbringing and everything he was. He's failed to do something and now she is trying to let him, trying to, she's trying to like get him to calm down it's okay and then she just like mounts him and then sex with him on top of his rooftop while he's having a complete mental breakdown and is not consenting to what's happening and it's phenomenally well done silhouettes and everything obviously very tasteful but a lot of people did not like that at the time but i always thought it was incredibly impactful and that whole story is so good so really what i'm telling you is to swallow the bullet Get DC Infinite and go and read Devin Grayson's Nightwing and get to like issue 93 and you can just feel the tension. You just want me to read things for you. Yeah. But I know you'll like it. We are very similar in most of our lives when it comes to mainstream superhero comics. Not everything. I, I think so. But there's a lot of similarities in, in Lead Over. And I think we both kind of rate everything an eight we got that general like it was good i give it an eight wasn't perfect but we never want to hate anything out like i don't ever plan to read something that i don't think i would like in the first place so it's rare that i ever come across something where i'm like 
that was god awful. There's times where it does happen, and I'll get rid of those books pretty swiftly. But yeah, I'm trying to think of the last, maybe Final Gauntlet. Those issues were pretty like, oh man. If this didn't have the other half, like the first half, I don't know if I'd keep this. Ooh, wow. No, I wouldn't have kept it. I kept, I, I have that only for the end of the Friends of the Falco. I dare you to rip out the pages. No. <laughs> no, because it's got the bonus features in. I mean, it, it is That's what it, it is. Right? That's why. It's not because you want to keep your volume intact. It's because it has bonus features at the back. And what's funny is, like, I'm kind of um, a sucker for Thor as it is. Like, I'm a bit of a Thor apologist. I've realized there's certain... I, I came to Marvel so late in life. But the characters that I... Other than Spider-Man, who's like one of my favorite characters ever. Maybe number one. I love Cap. I love Thor. Like very... I guess they were like, really? Those ones? Yeah, I do. Who else am I a big fan? I like Black Panther a lot. Yep. Um... What's the what's the run or the reason you like Black Panther? Christopher Priest. Okay. Yeah. And I think actually, any modern fan is going to say that. And I actually enjoyed Story for the Stuffed Mouth. I know I sound like a squirrel. Um, what I read of the Don McGregor stuff yeah. in the epic that was quite good, actually. Well, it's supposed to be quite good. You yeah. don't have to apologize for that. No. Considered to be like the world building. It is very very good, and the artwork in it is is quite amazing. Um, yeah. Oh, no. Oh, no. So you asked me about Black Panther. What was oh, another no. character that I find myself... I like the Avengers. Like, it's, it, that's my preferred team in Marvel. So why do you sound like you have to apologize or you're confused? No, it's more like... Some people have, like, a much cooler answer. My answers are just so plain. Like, who's your favorite superhero? Superman. Like, really? Well, I mean, if you had said in 1995 your favorite team is the Avengers... He would have been the outlier. Yeah. Nowadays, you're right. Now it's more of a, not expected answer, but it's a very common answer. It's a respected answer. It's not an answer that's going to have someone go, huh, really? Yeah. But what's funny, <laughs> the laughter is great. What's funny is that um, the Avengers stuff that I like is from the eras where I would have maybe been an outlier. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, I actually like the Roger Stern... 80s Avengers probably the best. likes Roger Stern Avengers. But at that time, it was all about X-Men. You know what I mean? Like They were the hot stuff. They were the hot stuff. Like, yeah. Everything cool was X-Men. But it's not like the Roger Stern Avengers stuff wasn't the critical darling. It was, but it wasn't... Like, it was well-spoken was not for the, It was well-spoken of, but it wasn't... Like, the cool kids were reading X-Men. Yes. The cool artists were at X-Men. Yeah. John Buscema is a legend, but it was almost like... George Perez doing the Avengers in the, in the late 90s, you know? You're going to get your hot, interesting, sexy artist on the X-Men all the time. Um, back then, I in guess. the 80s, right? Mark Silvestri, John Romita Jr., those yeah, were going prime. Yeah, Silvestri's later, though. But all during the 80s. Yeah, but I would say that they weren't always great. Like, Silvestri's stuff was like a rock. I know, but at the time, that's even, what... Even Romita's stuff wasn't always great. On the, on, uh, they weren't always getting... There were some weird rough periods for, for X-Men in terms of art. Yeah, but they're still also, like, celebrated because of those runs. Yeah. Those artists get credit. You know, they get this X-Men. They, you know... Yeah, yeah. In the 80s, it was all about the X-Men. 
You think if Chris Claremont had written the Avengers instead, that it would have become critical darling? Like, like, his like how much of X-Men needed those characters and Claremont's voice in order to be popular? I'm not sure. I just think it was a different era of, of writing back then where if something was working and someone was in a rhythm of telling a story, they let them go. And you knew that you were, like, it was very rare that a person would, it would happen, but you knew it was just, What's the word? Like intermission in between runs. So you knew like Roger Stern and Byrne on Captain America, for instance, in the 80s. That was kind of like a flash in the pan highlight. It wasn't long. No. But then you get the Mateus after that. And after that, you get Gruenwald. And a lot of those people back, like creator teams, or they had like extended periods of time on a book. Yeah. DeFalco and Friends on Thor. Stern and Ramita on Spider-Man. I mean, it wasn't that long, but... It was significant, right? They, they made their mark. Yeah. Avengers with uh, Stern and, and Buscema. Yeah. Like just Stern, period. Like he left his mark on it. Thor and the list goes on and on. But it just was more, I think it was more of a thing back then. Now, do you think it's like that? I don't know. Unless it's a hot seller. Like Jason Aaron had a long time on Thor. That was impressive. And especially in the modern era? Yeah. Especially in the modern era. How often does that really happen anymore? Not very often. But even when it was relaunched at the number one, it was still him. Still him. Bendis before him with Avengers, right? Yep. But after after uh, AVX or um, Secret weird? Wars, AVX is a decade ago. Yeah, it is. Does it feel like it? Yes, because everything is different in Marvel. Yeah, I think I was gonna say this before. Like, I will give credit to Marvel. Like, think about how many relatively new characters are running around Marvel that did not exist a decade ago. That's true, and that's a cool thing. I feel I just don't feel it's quite as organic. It feels like what I was going to say was the movies and what they want in the movies is now informing the comic. Yeah. Instead of before, the movies were informed by the comic. And because the movies were so good, they shifted focus. And like Tony Stark is Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. Like you, they, they start, and now the, the and what you see happening in comics is letting you know what they're gonna do in the movie. Yeah. Oh no, sorry. What they're doing in the movie is letting you know where they're going comic book wise. And I, I feel like with it's like DC, it, it loses that history like it doesn't matter anymore because that's in control not the storytellers you know what i mean i think so do you do you feel that way too or is it like um to a degree but i don't know you seem more bothered by it i don't think i'm bothered by it but it just doesn't make the modern stuff as something that i would want to invest in because it's, it just seems more... I don't think you have to. It's just... Because it's going to be... It's very... Generally speaking, they're going to be light on continuity and they're going to take what they want. But it's not going to be too entrenched. And it's yeah. just going to kind of happen. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, now... Even for the television shows, I'd rather read old comics that I haven't read yet than be worried about what's happening in the com- in the in the comic adapted shows. 
Like I'll be behind on those. I'll catch up to it. I'm yeah. not like running. Interesting. I'm just getting that fatigue with it now a little bit. That's too bad. Um, Are you sure you don't want? I can't. Sorry. It's okay. Do you mind if I? What? Do you mind if I take it? Yeah. Sorry, you were saying something. Um, at the Marvel shows, so I'm at a crossroads of sorts. Where like I want Zach to watch the MCU, but he made the joke recently. He's like, because I was like, oh, you know, maybe at the, you know, when you're this old, you'll be able to watch the next, I don't know, Ant Man or whatever. And he was like, don't I have to watch like 28 movies? I'm like, well, yeah. But no, but yeah. And like, he's nine. And like, my wife is more worried about him being exposed to certain stuff. So, we haven't showed him a lot of the MCU at all. He's seen both Spider Man movies, the first two. Uh, although it's funny, he's seen all three Tobey Maguire Spider Man movies. He's not seen the Garfield. So, he, it's kind of weird that he's seen, like, you know, Maguire, no Garfield, one Holland. Really wants to watch Far From Home, and my wife's like, I don't know if it's really like appropriate, because like, it's a little adult at times, as much as it is jokier. What is it? What is it that you and your wife, at his age, are worried about him being exposed well, to? Well, guns and violence like that. Like, my wife does not like guns. Doesn't really want him watching stuff with guns. So for the most part, stuff we watch has had guns. Like we watch, like the Ant Man movies don't have a lot of guns. They have flashers, not guns. Uh, she wasn't. But he watches Star Wars, right? Yeah, flashers, right? But it's the same principle. Yeah, but there's something is different about it. It's more, it's more fantasy. Yeah, I know, but I mean, I shoot with a laser flasher. Still kill me. Yeah, but usually but, though, you know, there's no blood. Usually, it's also usually bloodless. Okay, but I mean, did you watch Phantom Menace? Yes. So he saw the guy decapitated. Phantom Menace? Yeah. He was decapitated there. Uh, what buddy? Uh, what's his name? Darth Maul. He gets split. He falls down the... Oh, he gets decapitated. Decapitated is when you take off someone's head. Well, I mean, his body gets split in half. Okay, so he got split in half? And it was almost comical. And there's no blood. That's my point, though, right? It's fantasy. It's easier to watch. I guess... It's much easier than watching someone who has blood, or like you can, you know what I mean? Like I get it. I get the, I get, I get the gore. I get the gratuitousness. I'm just. What, what was like the he first? He wants to watch Iron Man right now, and I'm like, part of me is like, fuck yeah, let's go watch Iron Man. Yeah. Another part of me is like, ah, maybe you should be like 13. Like, I go to commonsensemedia.org, and they are a little on the too safe side sometimes. And they're like 13 plus, but then they also say the same thing about She-Hulk. And I don't think you have to be 13 for She-Hulk. So I let Zach watch She-Hulk. And you see every episode. And I don't that show does not feel adult to me. But I feel that there's stuff in that show where I'd be like, I don't know if a kid would understand that joke. Sure. Understand or not appropriate. There is a difference. Well, I think that kids are sometimes more craftier than you think, right? Yeah, but I think so, some stuff's going to go over your head. Maybe. It's funny. So like Zach and I, for like a few weeks, we were watching... Like one episode a night of Boy Meets World, you know, the 1993 yeah. sitcom. Yeah. And the first season, the, the main character is 11 years old. It's very kid-friendly, right? And we're in like season two, and it's already like, oh, they're going to like a makeup party. And I'm like, I don't want to watch this with you. Like, I was watching that. 
at that that's that's the thing but that's the thing though like like if it started in 93 i was legit his age when the show started but the problem of being able to watch seven seasons of a show is that he's not aging with the show you could just watch it all now at the same age without aging with the characters which is a weird thing you don't think about that's true but i was watching who's the boss and i was watching seinfeld that night and I'm pretty sure that stuff did not register with you in the same way. Did you understand what the contest was when you were like 10? No. I understood it pretty quick. Yeah? Yeah. And and then... At 10 years old, you were like, they're talking about masturbation. Maybe not 10. <laughs> but I remember there was this... Plus, I hope I was the first person to say that word on your podcast. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> It'll be the one I'll remember. Yes. But me and Dave always end up talking about dick somehow, so... That's uh, it's very strange. That's, that's something I did not need to know. <laughs> um, and then there's the Dolores episode, right? Seinfeld, right. the Dolores episode, or yeah. they're real and they're fantastic, or they're spectacular. Like that's probably the one that's the most like you don't have. To, there's no subtext there, but for a lot of them, there's subtext, and you don't necessarily know. Like as a kid, you, you didn't Spongeworthy then? No, but I learned quicker because of the show. <laughs> It's the truth. Okay, yeah, yeah. Right? So, I don't know. What was the first movie that you went to the theater to watch? First movie ever? Yeah. How old were you when your parents took you to the theater? I have no idea. It was probably something animated in, like, the mid-80s. Like, I don't remember. Like, there's definitely some questionable choices that I think they made. Oh, yeah. I went... I was I was in the, I was at the theater, and I watched my stepmom is an alien. Remember okay. that? No, Dan not, Ac- not well. Dan Aykroyd and Kim Basinger. Okay. There's some racy scenes in that yeah. one. So, like, I remember... Like, I think I saw Batman Returns in theater. I saw Batman in theater. I was five. That's 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 too young. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. I, I remember- told you my classic story that I got yelled at because of Batman. No. That my parents bought it for me for Christmas one year. Looking back on it, they bought it used at a video store. But whatever. Not a big deal. I didn't notice or realize. And I remember, so this must have been before 92, because I remember seeing that, I think, in theaters. So it's probably like seven or so. And I remember quoting the Joker to my mom, like, come and get me, you son of a bitch. And my mom was like, excuse me? I was in shit that day. Because <laughs> you don't yeah, say you see, that to your mom. Yeah, but see, I, I had Back to the Future memorized at the age of three. Three? I swear to God, there's tapes of it. I'm not really? kidding. Yeah, the Goldie Wilson, the whole scene. Yeah. In the, I had wow. a, I, there's tapes of me of doing not clearly, but for the most part, the the movie played like a song to me, right? So I was watching okay. stuff like that at three, four years old. I saw Masters of the Universe yeah. in the theater, '87. My parents weren't that Ninja, Ninja Turtles. I do remember seeing Rocketeer at the theaters with my dad. I love Rocketeer, and I would look up the reviews for the like, lot of gunplay. Like what? I was like seven. Indiana Jones. I saw the Indiana Jones. Yeah, I uh, I remember they did a big uh, a big festival at the big Edmonton Theater that used to be near my house, which is now used for special events. And it was only a one screen theater, and they had a whole like all these old movies. And I, I remember they showed Raiders, so I got to see it on on the big screen with my dad, which was awesome. I remember I saw Matrix there before it closed. Uh, that was '99, though, so I would have been like 15. We were taught. Our parents, our parents let us see stuff quicker when we were young. We weren't, we weren't as censored when we were kids. Well, I, but to be fair, there wasn't the same level of 
discourse about what is appropriate for children. There wasn't as much advocacy groups. There wasn't as much ratings. Like, there's stuff now that would be PG-13 that was just PG back in the day. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, some just some of the things that people won't let their kids watch and then other things they do, it's like, yeah, they'll be fine. They'll be okay. You turned out okay. You weren't, you're not like yeah. a, a person in society that's like, Either a slacker or a danger to society because you watch Ninja Turtles. Like what I love about Zach, which is also frustrating, is that he's like he's nine years old, but he's still a big kid. Like some kids shed their little kids. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like okay, my wife told me something the other day, and it made me so like want to cradle my son in my arms, be like, don't ever change. I love this beautiful little boy you are, and it was that. He has these Pokemon cards, right? They get from like, you know, Dollarama and, and McDonald's stuff, etc. So he has all these Pokemon cards. So we had, I, I gave him these old, you know, uh, sports cards, um, sheets to put them in, the protectors, right? And so he put them in like a binder. He's like, I want to forget the school so I can like look at it when I'm in after school care. And my wife's like, well, what if someone steals it? And he's like, well, they won't do that. It would be against the agreement, like the, the you know, the, the conduct agreement. They can't do that. And I was like, that's so adorable. Because, like, I wish the world could be like that. Where, where you could just trust that we've all entered into this social contract and we all have to uphold it and no one will break that rule. Yeah. And that is so adorable and naive. But, like, that's the thing. It's adorable. Me, like, I hope you get to stay that young forever. Yeah. Before the world destroys you. And that's really sweet. Like that's it a, is sweet. That's such a, um, you know, the sweet child to be like, well, why would something bad happen? And that's something that we could all do. Like, you could be a mid thirty year old person, forty year old person, and still treat people with that sort of yeah. innocence of a child, kindness, genuine kindness. But you always wonder, right? Because everyone's like, you know, thinking that you're always th- you're always thinking that something bad is going to happen. So we had a bit of an interruption, folks. Don't mind us. There was a little seat confusion. A home run was scored. A lot of commotion. We're back. Everything's kosher. Chad, we were talking about kids in movies. Yeah. Um, and, and oh, and the innocence of childhood, right? You oh, were yes, saying that. Of childhood. That's right. Yeah. How pure I love it is. that about my son. It's most frustrating and adorable. Because and that, that's the part where like I wanted to watch movies with me. Of course I do. I want to watch every comic book movie with me. I want him to like replace my wife and having to be my plus one and all these things. Right. So she doesn't have to be the one who has to go to the mall. Um, but at the same time, like, you know, they are adults. You know, a lot of them push the BT-13. They do. And I, and I mean, at the end of the day, he's not. Yeah. There's going to be time for him to watch this thing. I just want sure. it to be now. Yeah. And, and and here's the thing. Like, he'll never experience Endgame like we did because he already knows what happens because it's out there. Everyone knows what happens in that game. Everyone knows what the snap and the You know, it's true, but, but stuff, you'd be right? surprised when it's like when you see the narrative when you see the narrative on foil, you'd be surprised that even though you know it. Yeah. Like some of the intricacies he won't know. <coughs> so he's broad strokes, he knows a lot. But it's the intricacies that make it mean something. Like I just read uh, House of M for the first time. And uh, I knew all the beats that were major. You've seen the reprinted panels and places, right? On the internet, whatever it might be. Even when it happens in that book, although I know it, I was like, 
Well, that's what it would mean. That's an interesting one to go back to. Because I remember, like, you, like, were you reading comics at the time? I was in DC. Okay, like, would you have been following, like, comic book discourse and, like, going on and on, on not boards and stuff? Not at all. Not at all. Because that's an infamous moment. Sure. Because Bendis was like, we have a reveal that will make, like, everyone, like, will break, you know, break the internet in half. And that's the Hawkeye appearing out of books, cloak and shooting. Like, that was a big moment. It's interesting to experience something like that divorced from the original moment in which it took place. The zeitgeist of that moment, right, right, now right. it's all faded away. Like, Ultimates is like that because when Ultimates was coming out, you had the delays between issues, and you're like waiting for like six months for another issue to come out. And now you can just read it all at once, and you have none of that frustration, none of that pent up wanting for the next issue. <laughs> Run, run, run. How much do you think it hurts every time they slide? I don't think it hurts that much. It's a beautiful thing when you see them do it. Strange thing to add on the audio podcast, but that's okay. They're saying breaking the internet. Bendis. Bendis breaking the internet with that reveal and how when you you're not out of the when you're out of the zeitgeist of it, you don't really yeah, understand how the does it, How does it read? But you also have the memory of that. So when you go back to it, you're like, oh, I remember what this was like. Yes. Because this moment. Like, I remember during Countdown Infinite Crisis. I remember Countdown Infinite Crisis happened, and then you had the four miniseries leading up to Infinite Crisis. And I remember being at, like, Paradise Comic Con and having, like, these long banners that you could get. And I had posters in my room of all of the... The, the miniseries because I love that stuff again that was like my DC era right just like the lead up to Infinite Crisis and it was just like feeling like a crash course and that was how you do a, co- a cohesive universe everything felt together well they were more con- they were more concerned about story that's the thing right is that the, the medium shifted to things being in a different medium yeah. on television right then it was tell the best comic book stories and make and make it the best comic book I know that's I think that's what, what the difference was right and when you look at it that stuff inspired a lot of what they would try to do in the movies and television shows because it was so good true right like it's just it's just a part of the, the the cycle of it I think it'll cycle back eventually but it, it's also happening in different in different things it may not be with the, the big corporate movie studios anymore. Like, yeah, that's yeah. where they got to. Who would have thought that once upon a time these books that everybody was saying weren't going to exist would now be the biggest enter- part of the entertainment industry? True. Right? Yeah. That's just what happens. It, it was the Misfit book. Now it's, you know, corporate owns it, but they're making more Misfit books that are amazing. I don't know if you read Firepower from Robert Kirkman. Uh, I have not. It's great. Great superhero stuff. Interesting. You know, there's so much to read. There is too much. There's too much. It's like television shows, right? I, I don't know how to keep up with it.
time of being here. You can feel it. Stuff is happening. Yeah, it's fun. And this is right at the cusp of playoff time, right? So that everybody's ramped up regardless of what the be Everything matters right now. <coughs> exactly. So what are you reading now that you're really liking? What books are you reading right now that you're really liking, that you would so recommend to I'm still trying to finish up all the books in my 2021 pile. Uh, I haven't finished it because it's not over. I took a hiatus. Uh, but the, I think it's called... Uh, the crowd is coming alive. The game falls. Yeah. Um, Dark, Dark Knights of Steel. Any good? Yeah. Really? It's fantasy. Dark Knights, so is it DC? Yeah. Who's writing it? Uh, Tom Taylor? Okay. I think. I have Tom to check Taylor's that, a good writer. Sure. Um, I'll get back to you when the streaming a lot of room for scoring in this game, folks. What? For people that are listening, I'm just letting them know that there's a lot of excitement about to take place. Potentially. And the crowd stirs before the pitch is thrown. Are we in six? Bottom of the sixth. Come on, tie it up, guys. Yeah, they're making a comeback. They were down three runs. Vladimir Guerrero at the plate with runners in scoring position. You understand what that means? You're welcome. Dark Knights of Steel. Dark Knights of Steel. Yeah, that's been good. Um, I finally read Infinite Frontier. I didn't love it, but I appreciated that it was like... I haven't heard good things. It's not bad. For Joshua Williamson, he's a good writer. Um, it's it's very like... You can buy into multiverse or you don't. And it's more about like the... Uh, a lot of that multiversity stuff that Morrison set up. With the... With the, um, with the what was it called? Like the... The House of Heroes or whatever. Anyways, it's a lot of. It's got President Superman. It's got um, the Thomas um, Thomas Wayne Batman. They're all kind of multi, having multiversal adventures. Uh, it was all before the Dark Crisis stuff, but it was all like, I, I, it's okay. It's not my favorite stuff, but I'm enjoying it. Like, yeah, I just, it up. I just think that stuff like that, they're never gonna top what was. Oh, of course not. You know, like it's a very because. Just for Jeff Johns to do Infinite Crisis, yeah, was was quite. I don't know. It was daunting to make an attempt at it. And I love that book. 
it's great. It's it's probably a more understandable story than the original Crisis. Yes, yeah, so like, it's more straightforward, and 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 you have stakes in the game, like you you're actually invested in it. I'd say so, right? Whereas the other one is just more of this cataclysmic event for for marketing purposes in many ways, just to have a way to restart fresh. Yeah, Whereas this was something that the afterwards of it affected the character. Affected yeah. The oh, for sure, right? It's good stuff. Whereas now you just gotta pick your books or your era and go with what it is. It's gonna yeah. change in a few years. I'm trying to think. Uh, I've been enjoying Chips and Arrows Batman. Yeah. That's been really solid. Uh, did you like Tinian's Batman? I never read it. I did. Yeah? Yeah, I thought it was fun. I think it hasn't been bad for a while. I don't always like the art, but I've been enjoying the story for a while. Um, I appreciate that I feel like current writers on it are doing more with the real estate they have than we were getting when it was Tom King. They're doing more with the what? Tom King, I felt... Got super drawn out. The yeah. first like twenty eight, the last twenty issues, I got really annoyed. In fact, when I was doing reviews, still, I there was one. Oh, what was it called? Uh, there's a book that there's a book that he did recently, like a, a maxi series or mini series. It was about Batman. It was called Killing Time, and that book felt so frustratingly Tom King. Like it had every bad inclination. Any like. All the negative aspects I would say of his writing at times was all evident there. And I, so I would have a week where I would read an issue of that with brilliant art. I think it was David Marquez doing the art, like beautiful. And then, you know, just be like, ah, oh, why are you doing this, Tom King? Do you think the sheen of Tom King has worn off? Because no. there, there was a time where, where he could do no wrong. Yeah, he saw this stuff like um, Human Target right now is gorgeous and wonderful. And that's him in uh, Drug Smallwood, so that's really good. So he's still good when he wants to be, but the problem is that like all the worst, like the problem I had with both. Did you read Adam Strange? Yeah. Is it good? Yeah. Rorschach? I never read it. I didn't want. I read with one issue. I didn't really. I wasn't invested. Yeah. So. With with Killing Time, and with his Batman Catwoman. Leaned into the worst aspects of his writing. Uh, a lot of jumps, a lot of quickly moving around in terms of like where you are, and especially with Batman and Catwoman, I didn't know where I was after a while. What timeline am I in? What time frame am I in? Like they're jumping around like three different time frames, but it wasn't always clear. The art wasn't always clear, and I was just so frustrated. So the Batman and Catwoman's twelve issue series with I did Playman, not like I like did it. not enjoy it. Um, and then they had Killing Time, which was, had constant shifts. Now, at least it had boxes saying when it was, but it was like three hours ago, four hours from now, 20,000 years ago. And I'm like, what is happening? I turned a whiteboard and be like, this bit, okay, this is what's happening here and here and here. Like, the problem is he's trying so hard to be clever. He's not being clear. Yeah. And he does that a lot. And I think a lot of writers fall, I've noticed a lot of writers fall into that trap yes. when they've gotten a couple of hard to pull off tricks. Yes. And they've done it. So he did like Omega Men. Yeah. And if you've read it, it's a pretty good book. Beautiful book to look at. Yeah. And he used characters that, it was kind of like, 
the Guardians of the Galaxy in a way where it's like these characters you don't really care about until a good story is written about them. Yeah. And then you want some more. Vision. And then Miracle Man. Yeah. It was just like a... He had a trilogy. Mr. Miracle. Mr. Miracle. Sorry, Mr. Miracle. Correct. Different character. Different character. Yeah, right. I'll have to get sorry. <laughs> Shazam. <laughs> Marvel. Um, yeah. And then I started when he did the Batman and he said that it's going to go... 100 issues. You're like, take it easy, bro. Let's do two years at a time. It was ambitious. It's I, ambitious, and you hope, like, if yeah. anyone could, or even his Grayson. A lot of people love his Grayson. I did it. I mean, there was some brilliant stuff in there. Some of it wasn't always him, but, like, you had the, um, <coughs> the first chapter of The Button was so good. Yes. The rest of that storyline wasn't as good as it, but the first chapter was amazing. Yes. Uh, so this is solid stuff. Oh, yeah, I'm going to take my mic off for a read? second. Oh, you just that stop? No, no. I just want to take off my sweater. If you read Human Target, though, it's fantastic. And you know what it is? There's no time jumps. Every issue is another day. It's going to be like 12 days or however many days the miniseries is. I think it's 12. Um, and that's really kind of nice. It's like it's very clear narrative conceit. Yeah. You know, every issue is going to be another day. Shocking things happen. Smallwood's art is gorgeous. It has this noir feel to it. Um, I don't know much about Human Target at all, and but I don't need to. It's enough. Sometimes you just need to keep it simple. Sometimes I think a guy like him is better when he's not when he's writing a character that people aren't fully invested in, like yeah. a Mister Miracle. Yeah. Did I say it right? Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Miracle. Mr. Miracle. But yeah, so that, um, actually, Human Target, I've been reading when those come out. They went on a hiatus, but that's been a really good book. Um, Did you like his Supergirl? Supergirl. I didn't read it. I think I tried it. I didn't like it. It wasn't for me. It's okay. I read books for me. Yeah. No, I hear you. I hear you. I just find that, for me, it became like, what kind of way do I want to keep collecting stuff? Yeah. What where do, what do I want to store? That's really what it came down to because you get you get to that breaking point where it's going to be single issues. Am I going to keep going weekly, monthly, whatever it is? So or, physical singles, I only buy like a handful of books. Okay. It's so like Amazing Spider-Man. Uh, what else? X-Men. Although I don't know why. X-Force. I'm not sure why. <laughs> You're married to the book at this point? I'm not even married. The pop, I just like I end up buying the trades afterwards, so like yeah, why yeah. I didn't need to bother. Uh, but I'm in, I don't know. I'm enjoying those books. Like X Force has been solid for like the last almost three years. Who's writing that? Now? Is it still Jerry Duggan? No, it was never him, was it? No, is uh, Ben Percy. Ben Percy, that's right. In fact, he's also the writer on Wolverine, and one of his issues from his Wolverine run was in, and I can't believe we haven't mentioned this, uh, in the little snippet that was Ryan Reynolds put out yesterday. Where it shows him on the toilet reading a uh, comic book, and that's what the comic book he's reading. Oh, very cool. You, you did see the snippet. That we're I didn't about. see the snippet, but I saw the snippet of him. Everyone sending me him and um, Hugh Jackman talking to each other. Yeah, so there's, there's two two videos put up. And yesterday was all about, you know, here's a Deadpool 3 update. We're putting our, our all into it. We've really taken some time to think about it. And then you have Ryan Reynolds sitting there going, I've got nothing. I got nothing. And then he's like, you see Hugh Jackman behind him and starts walking up the stairs. He's like, hey, Hugh. He's like, you want to be Wolverine again? And he's like, yeah, sure. As he's like walking up the stairs and then it shows the pool's logo and then it has the like, Wolverine claws go through and it shows like three, right? So it's D3. 
a Deadpool three, and it's going to be the return of Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. Very. Is it, is this going to be Who knows? an MCU continuity? Yes. It's the first cool. one produced by Marvel Studios. Very cool. Doesn't mean it's necessarily in the MCU continuity yet. I hope it's good. I hope it's, so. It's it's like a, I think it's a comic book fan, but even just a pop culture dream, right? Because these are two characters that people who aren't necessarily but, comic book but, but readers are Wolverine fans. aren't that intrinsically linked. No, they're not. It's but, just they, cool. but the actors who play them are and love each other. Right. And they've got a bromance, and they're trying to bring it to the screen. Because really, the bromance for, for Deadpool we already got, because they're not Cable. Yes. And would we, are we going to see Cable again? That would be a cool television show, Deadpool Cable. It's a movie, but don't look up beyond yourself. I mean, they did a Deadpool Cable movie, essentially. Are they making a full movie, Deadpool Cable? No. No. no I'm saying, I wonder if they'll bring a Cable back for the Wolverine. Yeah, probably. I don't see why not. I mean, if you think about it, the whole time slide and everything is a very easy way to say we accidentally got into a different reality. Absolutely. It's not hard. No. And the, all the multiverse and Doctor Strange stuff that's been going on. Well, it's the year before it. Kang Dynasty and Secret Wars, right? So... We'll see. Do you think? Do you think Kang is a bigger threat than Thanos? Yes. Because of time travel. Yeah. He could be. He could be. I guess it's all about how it's written, right? Yes. How it's written, but like at the end of the day, like Thanos only exists in that one time. Like he's in his timeline. He's never gotten out of his timeline. Whereas Kang can go anywhere. He can travel timelines and dimensions. Different timelines. We saw yeah. the TVA, and that's all coming from Kang. So It'll, It will be interesting. Do you think that they're going to use all that timeline stuff to bring back familiar Avengers? 100%. Yeah, they have to. I mean... I would like it if they didn't call it Kang Dynasty and they just called it Avengers Forever. I agree. Although, well, honestly, that's what they should have called Endgame. That's what I thought they were going to call it. Because it was or Avengers Secret Wars. Wars. Yeah. Avengers Forever. Come on. There's a lot of rumors today about uh, the Blade movies all a mess. Like Kevin Feige spread too thin and the script was only like 90 pages. Like, rehearsal at least not happy. And there's only like two action scenes and I feel like they might be it's a spreading the, though, who knows? Yeah, I feel like I feel like there 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 is a lot that it's gonna be more for guys like us, like movie fans who are equivalent to comic fans, because it's it's starting to ask a lot of a viewer to watch so many things. Yeah, well like my son being like, I wanna watch something. No, History. History right there. We didn't record it. I'm recording a podcast. And Aaron Judge has made history. 61 home runs. 61 home runs. Tied Roger Maris. Tied the American single season record. American League Awesome. Two run home run. History. I mean, good for him, but fuck, I wanted to win this game. Give him a round of applause. That's awesome. Come on, Chapman. I give him a round of applause. I'm not happy. Have you 
Have you watched the movie 61 about Roger Maris? No. I have it in my house right now, and I've never actually watched it. Give it a, give it a shot. It's a really nice movie about baseball. Roger Maris and yeah. Mickey Mantle. I mean, Billy Crystal loves baseball, so I would assume that he made a good baseball movie. If you like, yeah, that's... And that movie got me back so, into watching baseball. I wonder who just caught that $2 million ball. Excuse me. That person better be escorted from the stadium. That's crazy. It's a lottery. It is. That's already awesome, dude. The Blue Jays are the answer to the, to the trivia question. What team did Aaron Judge tie, tie Roger Maris' record with? Do you think he'll have another at-bat tonight? Because he could break the record. It's possible. And that'll be very cool. There's no way they let him bat again. He already took the lead. <laughs> wow. Well, there you go. You got to see your history. So did you. Yeah, you were more excited about it than I was. I know, but... Come on, it's sports I history. Know. I just didn't want it to be like when we were dead. Like, if it had been a solo shot, I would have been. That's okay. Uh, if it was a solo shot, I would have been more okay with it. I guess. How many did he score? If we were Two. not, if we had not just tied the game, I also would have different feelings. On it. We could still win. We could still win, and he might hit a, a game winner for his team, home run. Yep. And then there's real history. Yeah, it, it's. I think I don't know which. Um, Streaming service is on now, but sixty one is uh, it's an HBO movie, but yeah, yeah, it's a really it's a really nice little time capsule of okay baseball lore, if you will, before the Blue Jays existed, so you don't have to feel no ways about it. Thanks, because <laughs> I'm a child <laughs> who can't who can't like a, a movie about a nineteen sixty one chase. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. Should I go suck on my thumb? Like, but you know what? I, I like how much, unfortunately, it was kind of mired by the steroid era, them breaking that record. Yes. But it, it is nice that, because they didn't they did everything in their power to make his record not mean as much because there was more games in a season when he broke it. Oh, yeah. So right. they put an asterisk beside for it. For years. For years. To make it seem like he wasn't the record holder. Because they really, really didn't want him to be Babe Ruth. They didn't like him in, in New York. Yeah, I know. It was a, kind of unfortunate because he was a, a hard, like he's, a working man player. He's not in the Hall of Fame. His, 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 uh, his career was relatively short. Yeah. But he, had, but he was hot. He was super hot. Two yeah. years in a row. But he's not in the Hall of Fame. It's crazy, eh? They've tried to get him in a couple of times. It's never passed. Was it just the numbers weren't good enough career-wise? Yeah, he wasn't. He didn't work long enough. Like, if you could have the best year ever, but if you only have one year, is that a Hall of Fame career? He had, uh, I think, back-to-back -back MVPs. I think that might might be true. But again, that happens, and people still don't go in the hall. No, I agree. I agree. So, back to the books that you're reading that you, you're yes. enjoying. Oh my god, we're having with comics, aren't we? Yes. Oh, we can talk about anything. I'll ask you what shows you're watching next. Uh, not a lot. I don't watch, you know, it's weird. Every year there's less and less TV I actually watch. And I don't watch a lot of streaming shows. because, like, my wife kind of put a kibosh on watching new shows a while ago. So, typically, we don't really watch a lot of new shows. 
I'm, I'm kind of like in that space where sometimes I say to my wife, can we just watch something that we like, yeah. that we've maybe watched before, but we haven't watched for a while? Because you forget that that's okay, enjoyable too. So we started too. a rewatch of uh, How I Met Your Mother recently. Okay. And like, it's not, not every day, but like, yeah, occasionally we'll put on one. It's easier in the summer because we don't have like regular shows. But like, we watch FBI because Kelly likes that. We watch Survivor and it's on. We watch The Challenge. She watches The Challenge. I'm slowly being drawn into it. Uh, she watches Amazing Race. Like a bunch of competition shows. We watched last week tonight with John Oliver. That's, for me, that's appoint, appointment viewing every Monday morning. Monday at, Monday at lunch. Because it's on Sunday nights and it's on Crave the next day. Okay. Um, what else am I watching? Oh, She-Hulk. I love She-Hulk. You're liking it? Yes. Although it's funny because this was two episodes ago where they had the... Um, you're watching it, right? Yes. When they had Daredevil's cowl. Yes. And Zach's like, oh man, we're going to see Daredevil. And then the next week, Daredevil's not there. He's like, where's Daredevil? I'm like, I don't know, man. What I like about it is that... They're blue balling us. I don't know. Yeah, they are. I didn't say that to my nine-year-old, no. to be fair. <laughs> I'm already worried about him watching shows with guns. And my imagine him blue balls. Imagine him saying that to your wife one day. Come on, mom, stop blue balling me. Oh my God. <laughs> Where did you hear that? Dad. Oh. Hope it's anyone but me. Jesus. <laughs> me and Dad were watching She-Hulk, and he explained the term that time. <laughs> he explained the term blue ball. No more She-Hulk for you. Um, what I like about it is that it, it really pays respects to all of the things that the character does in the comics. Breaking the fourth wall, that has that, that same tone yeah. and story pacing that Dan Slott's run had. It's Which, interesting, right? Because... Like when the Marvel stuff does the best, they don't straight adapt anything. They synthesize a feeling. Yes, and they're getting this one right. Because there's nothing about this that we've seen verbatim in the comics, but the feeling is accurate. That's that's the point. And like Mister Immortal being mis- like the way he is, I'm like, you know what? It's different, but like it's still the same. Right. Like he's playing, being played for comedic effects, same way. They get to you get to actually see him die. Yeah. And, and regenerate, which is, again, very correct. So it just feels very, very right. Oh, oh, oh. Oh. That was a tough call. Yeah, it's a bouncer. Um, I think, not, not to be oh. Mr. Negative all the time, I think for me what is unfortunate oh. is that too much of Marvel's tone lately has been on the comedic side like something like Thor was way too comedic where yeah. it takes away how special She-Hulk would be the multiverse wasn't funny at all no multiverse wasn't but no it was anything but I watched it recently um, I like to watch my, it again my, it's quite my, scary actually in the back, well in the back of my house we have um, we have a fence and we put you know it was actually about the rain that day we were, we were supposed to do movie night so we ended up kind of slightly changing our setup but you know wash it outside and uh with my neighbor with a couple of my neighbors and uh yeah it's just you know there's some jump scares in that movie yeah it's yeah creepy yeah you know and my wife's like yeah like i think when we watched it zach wasn't home for some reason i think he was camping for the weekend and she was like good because he if he he would have been like trying to see what was happening and she's like i don't want him watching this this is like a hard pg-13 like i don't want him just think about all the crazy mayhem that happens in there. It is quite scary. You have characters like being disintegrated, heads being blown up. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, you get, you know, Captain Carter gets spliced in half. You don't really see it, but like it's enough. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Oh yeah. You have uh, who else dies horrifically? Black Professor Bolt. X gets his, uh, his 
neck cracked. Yeah. The, the crazy, and like there, there's the zombie version, of, like the dead version of Doctor Strange where he takes over his dead body and it's all like creepy and there's monsters everywhere. Like it's, my it's, son would be scared by that. Oh yeah, I, I think a lot of people, adults, wouldn't be for them necessarily because it is a little bit more in that. It's kind of gory. A little gory, a little horror. It's a they horror. They really went for it. Right? Yeah, they went for it. They they. But I but see, there's times where. When they do get it right, they get it right. Like I thought Spider-Man, they got it right. Yeah. A lot of stuff they do is just so much of it. Sometimes they play certain things for laughs where they don't need to. Yeah. Where this She-Hulk, I think, is, is pretty pitch perfect. But I don't personally love the character. Like the Dan Slot run, I liked Like I saw why it was a critical darling. Yes. But I, I traded my omnibus up. Like I didn't keep it. Oh, really? No, I just, it wasn't. I didn't love it. Like I wasn't gonna go back to it, but the, it was I, good. It I was the, very good. I have the complete collections. Of yeah, and if someone were to say like, "What's a good She-Hulk?" run, I would be like, "That's good." If you want to read She-Hulk, yeah. if you like the show, read that. Oh yeah, for it's sure. Got Mallory books there. I keep hoping and wishing. I thought that one of the first episodes might somehow involve the Mad Thinker, just so we could get Awesome Andy. <laughs> like, I knew we weren't gonna get him, but I wanted him there anyway. It's very cool, though, the, the fact sometimes that you can watch some of these shows and there's a She-Hulk television show. There's a Moon Knight television show. Julio died. Oh, really? The rapper? What a historic night. <laughs> Sad night. What did he die of? I don't know. My wife was just like, in other news, Julio died. I'm like, whoa. I wonder how old he is now. He might be in his mid-50s. 59. Oh! He got it across the head. That was rough. That was rough. Oof. Uh, Coolio was 59 years old. Wow, 59. Older than I thought. Yeah. And I don't know a lot of his music, though. I only really no, know one song. That w I, I know, like, three four songs. Really? I thought you, for some reason, I thought you'd know more. Um, by the time when I was a teenager and got really into hip-hop, he wasn't as present. Oh, okay. And to go back and listen to him, it wasn't like it wasn't like it was comical, but it was also like he had that novelty song. Mm. So he didn't have that same sort of clout that you would have thought. Gotcha. So I missed it. I missed the Coolio era of yeah. rap. Ooh. Nice. Oh, come on. He got his RBI. Ah! What the fuck is happening? What kind of rookie ball of shit is this? Not going so well since history was made. Nope. What was the cause of death? Cardiac arrest. Ah, oh, poor guy. Went to the washroom, didn't come back. Ah. That's it. I want to make a joke, but it's not oh, good to joke. It's not worth it. You were thinking about it too, weren't you? No, actually, no. I was thinking of, I had a, a client of mine whose husband. Got up in the middle of the night to go to the washroom and then never came back and he died. That's horrible. So that's what I was thinking about. Um, it's worse when you know when you know uh, someone that it's happened to when it hits close to home. Yeah, it's different. For sure. On a happier note, Is tell, one? <laughs> tell me about the Jed McKay uh, Black Cat run. Oh my God, it's so good. Uh, I'm really enjoying it. Um, he's Is this still a, going on? Well, Iron Cat is a current miniseries and that's going to be in the um, the omnibus that's coming soon well i say coming soon so i bought 
obviously paper shortages are causing a lot of uh, shipment issues and things are getting delayed. I bought um, the X-Men animated series adaptation omnibus for a friend of mine. It was, was going to be his birthday slash Christmas gift. I was really excited about it and I pre-ordered it like months ago because it was like down to like 80 bucks or something stupid. And I was like on a pre-order. Now it's 155 whatever. So I got it for like 80 bucks. But it keeps getting delayed. So now it's supposed to come out like early December. Now it's like end of January. So I texted my buddy. I'm like, okay, so what you're getting is delayed. Sorry. And he's like, so what I'm hearing is I'm getting a, lots of paper. I'm like, you're getting a lot of paper. <laughs> and it's coming. But yeah. there's a paper shortage. You can't right. have it yet. He's like, right, okay. Right, right. Did uh, you pre order the Genesis Bell? I did at $190. I'm praying it goes down. Yeah, I'm debating I on doing I can't buy that. Like, if it if it's like a week before release and it's still at that price, I'm canceling. Okay. You know I what? That's a good idea. That. I'll but, probably but do the in same. the meantime, if it like I ch I'm checking every day, right? Because it's weird. The only like epic collections that have really good sale prices are the ones that are pre-ordered for like next May. Huh. Like if you want Iron Man: The Crossing, it was sixty three dollars now, and it's like fifty two. And it's like, well, you better get on it because you don't know. There's yeah, a She-Hulk epic that's like forty dollars pre-order for next year. So you have to like jump on the shit early. Yeah, I think that's a better plan because I always wait when Do, it's Should on... I add you to my list? Basically, I just text you every day and be like, hey, this is what's up for sale. Because like I have one guy, like I send him epics all the time, but sometimes there's zombies that are up for sale. For, for, um, yeah, I check every day if there's, because there's, I'm, I'm, what's a book right now you're after that you got your eye on and you're just waiting for the right price? Do you have one? Uh, no, because for the most part, I buy what I want when it comes out. Okay. So I guess Genesis. <laughs> okay. What if volume one of the, the, um, what's the call it? I don't think I ever ordered it. The, uh, not the original Marvel, uh, what if series, but the second one. Yeah! yeah! Wow, that was an amazing catch. It was very good. Got us out of that inning. Right? Um, I don't think I ever bought the... What if volume 2 is the one I want the most? And I don't think I bought it. I think I was waiting for it to go down in price. I'm waiting for uh, Justice League by Jeff Johns volume 2 to drop. You want that? I do. Why? Because I like it. It's not that good. I like it. It is Don't good. Do you have it in trade? Don't you have it in singles? Uh, I have actually the Dark Side War Omnibus. <laughs> but but it's signed by Johns and Fabok. So I wouldn't get rid of it. But I want the full run. Because okay. I have volume one Omnibus. And the second half gets better. It's got Forever Evil. It's got the Dark Side War. Yeah, it's it's not. It's quite good. It's quite solid. Yeah, and I like Jeff Johns. Yeah, so I want, I want this. Whatever. Into the Multiverse Omnibus Volume One. It was supposed to come out two years ago. It'll come out now. Next Saturday. April. Yeah, it'll be coming. But I'm not gonna pay 155 bucks. No, but I did notice that. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna order it now just so I can. If it goes down in price, I can enjoy it. Do you sing the seventh any stretch song? Usually I do, but I'm recording a podcast right now, sir. But I did get your Cracker Jacks. Oh, yeah, you did. The song. You did it with some Cracker Jacks. And you kindly did not eat them while we podcasted. Like, I really did. You did take me out to the ball game. <laughs>
Do we come back in this game, Chapman? Uh, I mean, anything's possible. Well, look up to the plate. Pardon me? Look up to the plate. It's my boy Chapman. Chapman himself. Chapman himself. I don't believe it. So we're at the point in the game where it slows down. Because we were, we were at a fast pace. We were through six in like two hours and 45 minutes. And now it's slowing down. Yeah. But this crowd is staying here. No one's backing out of this game. Not yet. It's nice. It's a Wednesday night. It's a full house, man. It looks like a playoff game off. So, well, yeah. So apparently, um, the home run was caught by the pitching coach. Oh, wow. Or someone in the bullpen. On the Blue Jays. Yeah. Do you think he keeps it? No, I, it, the Yankees already have it back. Oh, wow. I think there's probably like a code. They can't, like, like if it was a fan, that's one thing. But if it's like part of the, the teams, I think they just have to give it back. Yeah, put it in the Hall of Fame, I guess. Or at, you know, Yankees. Yeah. Or maybe he'll get to keep it. I don't know. That's true, too. Yeah, yeah. Would you want to keep it? If it was, would you want to give it to a fan or would you want to keep it? If it's mine, like if I hit it, yeah, it's my accomplishment. Yeah, I think I want to keep it until I hit the next one. And then the next one, you'd keep it too, because you're a collector. Uh, you would collect your own shit for sure if you had. If you were an athlete, uh, I don't you'd know. You'd have a shrine to yourself, wouldn't you? Well, it's different. Like if you have to like do something to get it, like if someone had caught it and it was millions of dollars, I probably would no, never care. Of course. Okay, give me one book. Before we end this podcast, give me one book you recommend I read from modern era comics. Spider Woman by Dennis Hopeless. Oh, I read that. Ah. I, I was so that. fast on the trigger, too. I know you were. Like, like, I'm trying to think now, maybe from like 2019. Okay, read Alice Potts' Secret Avengers. I read that. Ah. From, from Mike, Michael Walsh, was the artist, I right? So, yeah. yeah, I read that. Damn it. It's so weird. It's so weird. The ones that you're recommending are the ones I've actually read. Uh, Death Block by Mike Perkins. Who's the artist, not the writer. I haven't read that. I know you read Jerry Conway's Carnage. Yeah. That was good. That was was a modern day Tomb of Dracula. Would you recommend Zeb Wells' Spider-Man? Yeah, absolutely. It's a good book. What is that omnibus that's coming out for it? The Spider-Man Beyond. Oh, don't read that. Okay. Thank you. It's not great. Okay. Um, it was in a few single trades, like smaller trades, and my buddy was picking it up, and uh, he did not care for it. He sold them right away. He was like, I don't want to read this ever again. Wow. It's because it just wasn't happening. And something from DC? Uh, Human Target. Okay. I think the first collection's out. Okay. Have you read Grant Morrison's Green Green Lantern? Uh, I think I read season one. And? Did not like it. But that wasn't the target audience. Who do you think is? Someone who doesn't know a lot about Green Lantern? Uh, Interesting. Like, it felt like it was just kind of on its own, doing something kind of wonky and space coffee, which is fine. But when it happened, I wanted, you know, 
like the gun stuff. I wanted more uh, Venditti. Actually, leave Venditti's Hawkman. That's a great one. I did. I love that stuff. I want him on my podcast very much. Did you listen to my interview with him? No. It's exclusively about Hawkman. Mostly about Hawkman. I want to because I, I, I like Robert Venditti comics. Yeah. Well, Green that, Lantern. That was great and uh, it was super fun. Oh, yeah, I tell you, a couple, I guess maybe a month or so ago now, um, I saw a post by Scott McDaniel. He was doing an art drop on his website, and uh, so it was like it was like nine o'clock on like a Friday evening. He just threw all this original art up on his website for decent prices, for like 250, 350 bucks a page from like 90s stuff. So I got uh, a page from Green Goblin number one. The Phil York stuff uh, back in 95, 96. Very but, cool. Yeah, but yeah, there's a ton of stuff that he did, haven't dumped out there, which is pretty cool. Do you think they ever make that Nightwing run that he did at Omnibus? Chuck Dixon, Scott McDaniel stuff? Do you ever think that becomes an Omnibus? Of Nightwing? Yeah. No. Why not? Too many volumes. DC um, doesn't like to commit unless it's a modern writer. Interesting. Well, think about it. Unless it's like Tales of the Batman type of stuff where it's going to sell because it's Batman specifically. Right. And it's a specific creator. Or they have like Morrison's omnibuses they sell because it's modern. But like, I don't think you're going to see a large swath of old school Nightmare. Not even the Chuck Dixon, Scott McDaniel. No, I think you have to buy the trades. I have them all. I, I started it, but I wasn't super crazy about uh, Scott McDaniel's art, surprisingly. I found it hard to follow for myself. But the stories were nice, fast-paced movie. The story was a nice, fast, fun-paced moving story. But I couldn't get—I couldn't follow his art very well. I found it difficult. Maybe I would like it now. I don't know. But that was my biggest hang-up with it. Chapman, let's watch the rest of this game like fans. And we're not going to podcast. I'm not going to slowly shred my throat. No, I know. Nothing left. I know. I got nothing left in my throat either. And it's been a loud night. That's why. Very loud. This has been fun. And we got a Book of the Month Club coming up in October. So you'll Marshall be back Rogers. So, question for you. Yes. Before you end the podcast. Yes. So, what episode are you at now? Like 305? 307? Currently, as we're podcasting, it's 305. Tomorrow will be 306. Look at you go. Do you have a moment in time, do you think, where you'd stop? I don't. I'm, I, I might. I'm, I'd stop more on a feeling as opposed to a number, I think. Sounds so romantic. Yeah, I, I maybe. I don't have like when I get to this, when I get I don't know. I wanna be like hopefully I'm at fifteen thirty three and I'm not I'm just going. Yeah. And it's its own thing. Or it's like this is number seven hundred and forty one. This is the last yeah. episode, folks. I don't know. I'd probably do like a square number. Yeah. Why do you think you would end it? I'm not having fun anymore think that's what it would be. or I would feel not inspired I don't know I, I honestly I always think about ending it every month to be honest. do you feel so it feels like maybe I'm wrong like obviously you love going back you love exploring back catalogs you love experiencing things you didn't get to experience before and you have a real appreciation for the act of doing so mm-hmm. even though you know there's different styles of the time that you seem to be okay with kind of you know, finding your groove that way. Do you find a part of that feeling of like maybe it'll end 
is that you're not enjoying modern comics as much? No, because I enjoy modern comics from other places. I enjoy modern comics from other places. Okay. So it's, I don't enjoy like Marvel DC modern stuff, but I enjoy okay. Image. I enjoy yeah, yeah. Okay. like. This does, it does sound, 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 sometimes sound sad. About yeah. Comics today. I do. I do. I, I do feel sad about a lot of a lot of media today. It's just like I don't know. They make it seem like certain things were never done at one point in time. It's like this stuff has always been here, and you're making it seem like ground is being broken, and it's not. It's not. You just you're not giving credit where it was due to yeah. the people who's been doing. Like this is what comics has always been. True. And and it grows accordingly. There was maybe there was you know gatekeeping for sure in every industry at some point in time and especially if it's um, got a lot of family involved and yeah. things like that that, that happens it's always yeah. going to happen but as far as messages of inclusivity and things like that I think nothing has been more that thing than comic books I think if you were uh, to write a, a history book yeah deep diving into a specific decade of a character yeah. or run etc that hasn't been picked over to death what would you choose that hasn't been picked over to death yeah like doesn't that there's not as much discourse about like there's like some stuff you know that's been well tried but like some stuff maybe not as much little hidden gems here and there is there what is there like a particular series or era that you'd be like man i'd love to like make this my life for like two years learn everything about it the nooks and the crannies all the research to really come up with like like a comprehensive book about this period about a period i think as far as a period is concerned the 80s is i find it densely rich yeah with, and cohesive like there's a lot of especially marvel wise you know it's, it's hard not to take a book out of the 80s and marvel and it not have something there um, as far as a character, I don't know. I, I feel a character that kind of gets overlooked was Captain America because there were so many bigger, popular, sexier artists. But I think there's a lot to take from there because it's got a bit of a childlike innocence to it where it's palatable to a kid. But it has some really big ideas that are important. Is that the kind of thing you're you're looking for, like a character like that? Yeah, I think Cap is a kind of interesting one because Brubaker really brought him front and center in the superhero world for everyone to want to read it. And I think that he kind of got overlooked for a while. So what did? I think he got overlooked for a while. Like there's a time where it's like there's no direction for the character. Yeah. So, who would you say? Um, if I really had to do a deep dive, learn everything, write a book about it, I would be very curious to read like a Bronze Age Superman up until like 85, like up until the reboot. That's interesting. Because I don't know a lot about it, but I know they tried a lot of stuff. Yeah, I don't um, think they could. They, they had him like being a news supporter on TV. Yeah, yeah. And like, I don't know a lot about it, but I'd be interested to become an authority on it. Same thing with Wonder Woman, right? There was a while where it's like, yeah, they, but they, that one I don't have any interest in. Well, you're right. That's a weird period. I think I realized today, 
and I don't know if this will come through on the microphone now because we were getting excited, but as a DC fan growing up, I love, you love and you almost like worship the iconography of the characters. But what ends up happening is that the lore changes sometimes so much where it's like the, the carpet is taken out from under you as a DC fan. Yeah. And it doesn't keep you connected the same way Marvel does. But when I see Marvel fans that become kind of passionate about stuff, like, yeah. I get it because they made sure that a certain consistency and they paid honor to sometimes what came before, you know? Yeah. And, and you respect that. Maybe sure. because Jack and, and Stan and Pitbo and there was like a core group of people that everyone's kind of honoring. Yeah. I don't know if that makes a difference. But does that make sense? Yeah. I, think I, I, I wish I had tried it. Is the, uh, the Marvel Masters, I think, uh, get going like the 50s. Oh, I would love to try that some. I've never read any of it. I find it hard to read 60s comics, even like 50s Stan. Comics. 50s, but I even find it hard for like 60s. So I don't know what 50s would be like. You know, I think it's a lot of the stories are shorter, though. Yeah, you're right. And I think that would be if you're not reading 22 page epics, you're reading True. 10 page epics. True. It's like reading the original Doctor Strange. Like, it's fun because it's fast because it's only 10 to 10 page stories. Ah. A lot happens. Like, boom, boom, boom. I see. I see. I enjoyed it. wasn't as short and concise with the Silver Surfer stuff. There was only 18 issues in that run, but we got a lot of story in them because those issues were a little bit bigger. Yeah. They didn't come out as often, but. Yeah, there was just something about how much story you got. It's kind of like when you watch animation and you realize, like, how did they figure out a way to tell so much story in an hour, 21 yeah. minutes, and then in a movie, it's like they barely get around to it. Yeah. It's the magic of it. And I think comics had that sort of thing back then. That's true. Yeah. And again, like, I, I, there's a special magic in reading 10, 12-page stories. Because yeah. they have to do so much more. There's no, there's no ways to panel. There can't be. Yeah. And I like that. Like, I like reading them. And I like seeing who's really good at it. It's true because within within the art form, there's little sub-genres of yeah. how you how you plan to tell a four-issue miniseries, 12-issue maxi-series, you know, backup story. That's and you kind of see, you see these muscles kind of flex where... This guy's good with six pages, or yeah. if he's given more than 12 issues, he's going to mess it up. I feel that's Tom King's sweet spot, the 12-issue sweet spot. <laughs> All right, I'll let you close your podcast. I apologize for extending no, it a few more No, minutes. no, that's... Listen, I can't believe we did two different two-hour sessions right now. That's pretty awesome. And we were recording live for history, even though you poo-pooed on it. Okay, whatever. whatever. I get it. I get it. All we got to right. cheer for the home If team, we right? win, then I can celebrate his achievement better. I agree. I agree. Chapman, thank we're, you for We're tonight. fighting for a wild card spot. We need the top spot. We need every win. We're, we're in. We're going to be in. Yeah, but I want to. I want us to host the games, not go to the games. Fair enough. Fair I want them to have the experience being able to play that series in front of a packed house of 45,000 cheering their names. And I hope that the playoff package you purchase, you get to go to the very end. I hope you're at a World Series game. Well, I, I have tickets to the World Series if they make it that far. 
That's what I'm saying. I hope you get that far and you get to see them win at home. Oh. All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening to this special yearly event that me and Tatman get to go to. We'll be back with another Book of the Month club in a couple weeks. Talk to you soon, everybody. Rain review the show. Don't forget, it does help.